Do you dream of a healthier life, but education feels out of reach? Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School's Certified Natural Health Professional Program is the perfect entry point to gain foundational knowledge to empower yourself, your family, and your community to live healthier lives. Turn your passion into a career. Visit trinityschool.org for more info now. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Get emotional with me, Radhi Devlukia, in my new podcast, A Really Good Cry. We're going to be talking with some of my best friends. I didn't know we were going to go there on this. (laughs) People that I admire. When we say listen to your body, really tune into what's going on. Authors of books that have changed my life. Now you're talking about sympathy, which is different than empathy, right? Never forget, it's okay to cry as long as you make it a really good one. Listen to A Really Good Cry with Radhi Devlukia on the iHeartRadio app. Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Still living in 2021 and manually taking notes? There is a better way. Start the new year with otter.ai. Automatically get meeting notes. Otter.ai works for virtual meetings like Zoom, Microsoft Teams, and Google Meet. Sign up on the web for free or download in the app stores. Otter.ai. That's O-T-T-E-R dot A-I. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp Online Therapy. I'm Micheline Malouf. And I'm Nadia Desi, licensed therapists and hosts of Getting Better, Stories of Mental Health. Join us for discussions with Megan Trainer, Chris Bosch, Rebel Wilson, and more. From discussing motherhood to immigrating to general mental health, our guests are awe-inspiring. We all struggle with the same things, so let's talk about it and destigmatize them. Find our new podcast, Getting Better, Stories of Mental Health, on iHeart, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. At ADP, we understand the importance of building the right team and offer the data insights to help. Just as importantly, our AI technology helps you pay the team accurately. Grow stronger with ADP. HR, talent, time, and payroll. Welcome to Money Making Conversation. I am your host, Rashawn McDonald. It's important to understand that everybody to travels a different path to it's success. The show that, shares the secrets that is because of your brand is different. The challenges you face in your life are different. McDonald. So stop reading know. other He's people's success stories and start writing your own. My Money Making Conversation interview you know will encourage you to lead with your gifts and never use age as an excuse to plan your goals. My next guest is Melanie Thomas Rashawn McDonald. She's best known for Emmy-nominated work in the iconic role of Nikki Reed, a character she's played for 40 years and counting on America's number one daytime television drama, The Young and the Restless. Her memoir, Always Young and Restless, is a very motivational book. I read it. It's very, very, I recommend it. It's, it's a compelling book about her life. We'll be discussing her life, her career, and overcoming the odds. Please welcome to Money Making Conversations, Melody Thomas Scott. Well, hello, Sean. Well, uh, well, first of all, thank you for coming on the show. Thank you for uh, having your people send the book to me. You know, I read a lot of books, Melody. And uh, one thing that jumped out of this book was 
overcoming the odds was one, uh, and motivation. You were, you were constantly self-motivated. Uh, can you talk about that a little bit before we get in depth about different things and that I read about the book and some of the questions that your, your team asked me to inquire about when we were doing the interview? It's so funny that you consider me to be a self-motivator. I don't believe that about myself at all, but I'll take the compliment. <laughs> we are because, because you know, the thing about it, I, I look at my life, you know, and, and people laugh at me because I, I can remember things when I was two, three and five. Very clearly. I can, re- you know, I'm going to tell you something. I, I can I can remember <laughs> when my sisters, you know, back in the day before they had the little pampers where you could just have the little where they had safety. Pee. I can remember my sisters actually sticking me intentionally. Because, because I, because I was the middle child, I was the middle child. I can remember, and I tell uh, people, they go, "You, you're not telling the truth. How could you remember that?" And then I read your book, and I go, "I finally met somebody." I, isn't it wonderful? I, and I only know before now, learning about you, there's only one other person in, that I've found that has the same memory that we do. So there's three of us anyway. And it's really interesting because I, you know, it, it, it is so. As, as I'm talking, to, so I start reading your book, and you you mentioned that I go, okay, you know, you start, you said, okay, I can relate to her now. You know, we, we <laughs> you know, we, we, we have a kinship here because how many people have right. told me? In fact, I, I first, in fact, when I tell people that, they said this, they told me I've not been telling the truth so many times. I don't even tell people anymore. Oh no, but, they don't believe you. I I totally understand. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so, and so, but, but it's tied to, it's tied to, it's not tied to trauma. It's not, it's just that somehow in my life, I am very, you know, there are points in my life where, you know, I'm not as clear, but for some reason, <laughs> for some reason, under five, I am very clear about what happened in my life between first grade from, from under five. I'm very clear, too. Melody. Me too. Isn't it strange? I mean, I remember being in my crib. I remember all these. I remember events that happened when I was one that have been verified by family members. So it it is a freakish uh, memory. Yes, but, you know, it's a blessing and a curse. I mean, you probably don't remember some of those things. Right. But but let's talk about your career. Why did you write the book? Okay, for, for like I said, when I read it, it became a very motivating memoir to me. Why did you write the book? Well, thank you. Um, I wrote the book. I've I've always known for many years that there was a book in me that needed to be, you know, out there in the world. But it took a very long time, I think, um, getting over the the emotional blocks that one might have in writing about adversities in childhood. And mine were particularly unique, I would say. Mm -hmm. Uh, But... I, I mean, I was never going to write about, write a book simply about the young and the restless. I mean, that, that just would not do it for me. I mean, yes, it's interesting to the fans, but my real motivation was to write about my personal life. Mm-hmm. And yes, things that I have overcome. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I said to you earlier, I don't view myself as self-motivating. Uh, it, it just happened to be that I was able somehow, guardian angels or who knows what, to uh, break out of what could have been a very bad road. Uh, it was not, it was never my 
uh, enchant at the moments of thinking, all right, I'm going to overcome this. No, it, it was almost something otherworldly that guided me to a different path right. uh, for my betterment. And I'm so grateful for that. Whatever forces or powers allowed me to do that and showed me those roads. It's really interesting. Let me, I'm going to repeat. I don't know if you heard my intro before I introduced you. And that is why, and that is why this book is such a natural to my storytelling about what you're bringing you on the show. I say it is important to understand that everybody travels a different path to success. This is her book. When you read her book, this is her book. That is because your brand is different. Brand is just a life. And that's her life. The challenges you face in your life are different. That's her. And then what she did was she stopped reading other people's success stories and started writing her own. I could not have written I say that I say that every time I open my show, Melody, I could have not written a, a more classic intro that that mirrors your book. It's amazing, and I, I I like to believe that what I'm trying to do on my show and what you've written in that book are, are, are trying to accomplish the same thing. You're telling your story, but I'm also inviting you on the show to let people know what I'm saying is the truth. Yes. And and that is why I wrote the book. I had to be truthful about everything. I had to include the dark with the light. Right. Uh, you can't write a whole book all about the light. That right. that's meaningless in some ways. So um, I, I just needed to let it out there. And since the release on August eighteenth, I've heard from so many people already that are thanking me for delving into particularly sensitive areas that uh, hearing from so many people, Oh my gosh, Melody, you know, I had similar things when I was a kid and they're still carrying them around, you know, as an adult. And it's so wonderful to be able to release that and move forward and leave the past in the past. And it really is important that I know I'm working on a book myself, a motivating book, Melody. And the thing that, that I found in writing it, you, you, you start remembering things that you kind of like buried. Oh, yeah. You buried. Oh, and, yes. I mean, there were many times where I'm sitting at my computer writing a particularly grueling chapter, and I am there perhaps due to our early childhood memory abilities. Right. When I'm writing it, I am there in the room where things were happening when I was four, mm-hmm. and uh, it's total recall. And it has to be in order for it to be honest. And that's what makes the book compelling. And now, now remember you said, Rashawn, I don't really see myself as a self-starter. Well, I'm going to point out some examples of what I thought was a self-starter, <laughs> if you don't mind. When you intentionally, when you intentionally gained weight for that role, nobody, oh, yeah. to, nobody told you to do that, but you no. saw an opportunity. Okay. It, it, I mean, even that, you're giving me too much credit there. Okay. I got to why, why am I giving you too much credit? Speak, 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 speak. <laughs> because I still can't tell you to this day why, when I was 13 and reading Variety and learned about this part in this new Clint Eastwood movie, I still cannot tell you what inside of me said, that's my part. And, oh, the part is of a chubby girl. Well, I'm not chubby, but I can be very soon. And just started eating with no promise of an interview. My agent had not ever uttered the words mm-hmm. of this film. Uh, and it was just something in me 
that, and it, it, it wasn't like, oh, I'm a go-getter. I'm going to go get that part. That's a go-getter no, moment. That's a go. We're going we go to argue positively on this show, Miss Scott. Because, because you are fantastic. And I think, I like to say you kind of undersell yourself a little bit, but I can't say that because you're so successful. But what I see <laughs> is a person that, let's, let's point out another example. The shootest. The shootest. Uh, the, the, okay. the director, well, he worked, you worked with him twice, right? You saw an opportunity. You uh, called his I, lovely I, assistant. I will admit that that was a bit of a devious move on my part. You are right. Oh, you know something? <laughs> We're getting there. We'll, we'll tell everybody, if you don't mind, that genius move there that actually the role could have went to another blonde starlet. I won't reveal that little aha moment. But you Wait, did yeah, a genius but, move. Until long after we shot the film, I did not know who was supposed to play that part. But it was just kind of a strategic move on my part. I, Because I really did feel like, you know, is my career over? Should I go back and focus on my piano? I, I, I was a bit at a crossroads, but I felt that taking a meeting with Don Siegel, because I had worked with him twice before, mm-hmm. and I did know he was going to be doing the shootest, but I didn't let on to that in the meeting. Right. Uh, and uh, it was just, again, one of those It was twice you didn't. Where, right? When you talked to his assistant, you didn't let on then either. Strategic, strategic, strategic. Then when you I met st- with him. I'm sorry? Then you met with him, so you did it twice. I'm just saying you're very smart, and that's why I'm just letting you know that these are the tools that I took away from the book, that sometimes you have to make your opportunity. Sometimes you have to be a self-starter, and these are the motivating moments that I took away from the book, and I'm encouraging people to read because here's a person. Sometimes you don't. Sometimes an opportunity is not presented to you. Sometimes it may be so far away, you might say, I can't achieve that. That's what happened when you was eight years old. You was, you were skinny. The role was for a chubby kid. In your yeah. mind, your agent didn't say anything about it, but you read it. You said, I'm going to get this. And you went and got it. But yeah. through effort, through effort, though. Well, through a lot of eating, I gained 20 pounds in two weeks. And I know. <laughs> <laughs> I still don't know how but you I'm did that. To- I still don't know but- how you did that. <laughs> <laughs> you were grubby big time. Uh, I guess. I was determined without a solid opportunity at the end of that road. I didn't know. It, it, it was just something in me that I thought, well, I'm, uh, I'm going to do this. And then and, uh, and, and, and you achieved it. And so when you achieve these things, you know, let I, me I, I, take it for an example myself, Miss Scott, is that sometimes I, I, I've accomplished things in life and then I kind of like think it's no big deal. And I'm just saying that, uh-huh. you, but I'm just in my personality, and I, I see a lot of things that uh, that you you've d- accomplished in your life, and that you're doing in your life. Sometimes I just like say, okay, it happened because guess what was supposed to happen? Or I was in the right place at the right time. And I, I tend to kill those statements in my life because I realize that it happened because I made effort. It happened because guess what? When somebody was willing to give 23 hours in a day, I gave 24 hours, and I got that from your personality. Like when you went back to the Broadway store to work, you didn't have to go back to that store and work. And when you went back to that store, that led to another opportunity. I'm just saying, it's just your 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 ability to see opportunities and make opportunities is what shines in this book when I read it. Well, you're starting to convince me now that perhaps there is a bit of that in me, although, oh goodness, I'm so sorry I'm outside because there's so much activity in my house right now. Sorry mm-hmm. for that. No problem. Car going. Um, goodness. Um, I, I'm starting 
to agree with you. Um, I mean, I, you know what? You could you could convince a snowman to buy ice. I'm telling you. I think you have- <laughs> you're listening to Money Making Conversations with Rashawn McDonald. We'll be right back. Cars today are like a computer on wheels, but you can't fix any of these new features yourself. So when something breaks, it could cost you a fortune. And now is not the time for expensive repairs. That's why you need Car Shield. Car Shield has affordable protection plans that can save you thousands for a cover repair, including computers, GPS, electronics, and more. Car Shield understands payment flexibility is a must. Plans are customizable and as low as $99 a month. No long-term contracts or commitment. Plus, you get to pick your favorite mechanic or dealership to do the work and CarShield takes care of the rest. They also offer complimentary 24-7 roadside assistance and a rental car while yours is being fixed. CarShield is America's number one auto protection company. For as low as $99 a month, you can protect yourself from surprises and save thousands. Call 1-800-CAR-6000. They mention code money, M-O-N-E-Y, or visit carshield.com and use code money, M-O-N-E-Y, to save 10%. That's carshield.com, code money. A deductible may apply. Welcome back to Money Making Conversations. I'm your host, Rashawn McDonald. Well, first of all, when, when the reality is that, that's why I was so excited when I got the book. You know, they sent it to me, a book, and they said, uh, you know, and I, I, I'm very familiar with your talents, you know, big fan of the show. Uh, I grew up, you know, my mom was a soap opera fan. And so, so that whole the 60s, uh-huh. I was, you know, 70s, I was watching before I went to, off to college and my life yeah. took a whole new direction. And I thought I was a man of men and things like that and became the person I am today. But uh, along the way, it was like, even when you, even when you uh, had the opportunity to audition for the iconic role that you have right now, you know, you uh-huh. had a sitcom opportunity, a pilot up to time. You was on the Waltons, but uh-huh. yet and still, but yet and still. You well, are- but I, as you read in the book, I didn't, I really wasn't interested in the role on The Young and the Restless because, as you say, I had that other opportunity yeah. that I very much want to do. It's only because my agent convinced me to take Y&R and goodness gracious, the moral of that is always listen to your agent because we, she was shot so right. 41 years later, I'm still on that show, which is incredible. Wow. I just love talking to you because you are <laughs> the incredible one, young lady. But you see, I, I have always felt even as a child and to this day I feel that I'm very much the fatalist in that you know things that come to me come to me from other forces because I'm wherever I'm at is where I'm supposed to be and if another opportunity opens up I don't feel that I gun for it shall we say (laughs) until you started talking to Rashawn McDonald now Rashawn McDonald (laughs) got you thinking about yourself a little bit different here you know something you know something <laughs> may be right I will give him full credit but he can't, he's on to something here because because you can give your agent credit if you want to Rashawn won't okay Rashawn won't oh because my. you still have to give 100% effort and when you write in this book you may have had those two opportunities but you wanted this opportunity then you when you went in red you you naturally ma- match in the screen test you you the effort uh, and then the fact that you got it and then she she gives you the, your agent gives you this half compliment where the other girl was prettier no huh? yes <laughs> <laughs> Oh, you could you could have told me everything, okay? But oh, uh, well, you know they, they turned down other girl because she was actually prettier than you. So thank goodness. That's right. 
but but they said that I was. She said, "Well, the other girl was prettier than you, but you were the better actor." There you so go. There of, you go. Oh, there you go. You. We're on the same page now, <laughs> Melody. I am. I think I've gotten you. I think I've gotten the spirit of Melody on my side. Now let's talk about this brilliant career, Nikki Reed. Come on now. I had to. I had to. I had to dig deep on this one because I said, you know, some. I'm reading this book. And this book is so, you know, it starts with a dark side. You know, childhood, mm-hmm. she's like me. She's remembering a lot of things that most people say you're foolish to be able to, you're just lying. You're not telling the truth. You're, you're just acting right now. But that's part of what the, <laughs> of the magic of who you are. And then, then you take all these stories, but they don't affect your everyday life. And, you know, and it doesn't slow you down, you know, and you just all, like you said, all you wanted was a sense of normalcy in your life. That's what you said in the book. And, and and ironically, that normal to me was being an actor and getting, I knew that I was not living the life of a normal little girl at all, but I knew that if I got a job, I could go to a studio and play the part of a normal little girl. And that was everything to me. And that is probably what was the very beginnings of my deep desire to be an actor. It was like, Hey, I'm living the craziest world ever at home with this nutty family. Right. But um, I I can feel successful and at peace with my own self. Right. By being an actor, by jumping into another character's mind. That and and I still feel that way. That is the joy of acting for me is to take a character that doesn't exist in reality, but making her real. I'm speaking to Emmy nominated um, actress. Who plays the iconic role on uh, Young and the Restless, uh, Nikki Reed, uh, 40 Years and Counting. Uh, we're discussing her book, Always Young and Restless. It's a very motivational book. It's a memoir. It's about her life. You know what hmm? is, um, you call her Nikki Reed, and yes, indeed, she was Nikki Reed. But everybody today, they they all want to say Nikki Newman. Nikki Newman, because that whole Newman thing, you know. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh of course, she has been married 12 times, so I'm well, not going to fault you for so, that. So, 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 so what, what, what do you want me to do now, Miss Scott? You know, <laughs> Nikki Reed or Nikki Newman? She's been married 12 times. Now. See, see, I love talking to you. I love, I, you might, you're probably one of my most interesting guests because like, like this book, can I, can, 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 I'm, I'm, there's a couple of things in the book I want to say that, that I agree with you when you said right place at the right time. Like when you went in and Kirk Douglas braided your hair. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's what that's, uh, kind of, that's and, and that is all. Now here, explain this to me if you will. Okay, cool. Thank you. When I, that, when I was in that stock room at the Broadway selling shoes and I had been told do not answer the phone in the stock room. There you go. And I never did until that one day. <laughs> yes, ma'am. And I, again I don't know what what made me go pick up that receiver and say you know, well, Lady Seuss, how can I help you? Uh, and it turns out to be my childhood agent, which led to an inner, I mean, as if no time had passed. It has been years since I'd spoken to her. Uh, and then I go to the address she gives me. I walk in, and there's Kirk Douglas behind the desk, and that led to me getting posse, which really led to me getting back into the business as an adult uh, to, to work continuously. But uh, explain that to me. What made me answer that song? That that same quality that I keep saying about you, the overriding <laughs> desire to win and to, you know, some when I when, when I talk to a lot of successful people and you truly are a successful person. And in the end, they wind up being successful because they trust themselves. 
people tell them what not to do, they do it anyway because they trust themselves. They don't do it, they don't do it because of the fact that they're trying to break a rule. It, it, if it doesn't make sense to them, then the fact, uh-huh. they're going to break the rule. Because they go, why can't I answer this phone? And and and, uh-huh. and and that when I was read that part of the book, I go, she's been an incredible actress all these years. Why they why why can't she answer the phone? And it, when I when they got to that part, and then when you answer the phone, it all made sense because that's the natural. If you if you read your well, of course of course you read your story, you wrote it. You were rebellious all the way up to that point. Okay. Oh yes. Very rebellious. Very rebellious. So so when you when somebody telling a very rebellious personality, look. Don't answer the phone. Yeah. What do you think is going to happen? You're you going to answer the phone and you answer the phone. And guess what? It was somebody that. Oh, wow. This is so crazy. I, I, I'm going to share a story with you. I'm going to tell you, we're, we're, okay. we're so interested in how our lives intertwine. And I'm not saying you're me and I'm you. I'm you. When I was in the hospital, I, my lung collapsed. OK. And wow. I was I was in ICU and I came out and I was in the hospital and it was this. I was a stand-up comic. I used to be a very popular stand-up comic, and uh-huh. a comedy competition was going on. I knew nothing about it because I was in the hospital. My lung had collapsed, and right. the phone rung in my hospital room. Melody, I picked it Uh-oh. up. It was this guy asking me, "Did I want to compete in a comedy competition?" Now you see, that was the same kind of moment. You, we are very much alike. You understand? And so that moment right there. Lip got me. I, 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 I was I was released from the hospital three days later. I was on stage and I made the finals. And it was a national TV show. It got me back into the stand up comedy group because yeah. I, I, I'd fallen off because I was in the hospital. But it's the same scenario. So when I'm reading your book, I'm like, yeah, there are too many aha moments, aha moments with you and I, because we're, we're, think- we're self starters. OK. And, you know, in life, people have told us what we cannot do. And we've accomplished things that most people have considered the, the extraordinary. And yet sure. we're nice people because you are a nice person. Well, thank, well, you've just met me now. Give me a little time. You might change your mind. I'm going to do that. <laughs> I, I, I read all 270 pages. OK, I can read between the lines now. <laughs> 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 oh, you're wonderful. What, what, let, let's talk about the story right? we, a little bit. To just being a star on the show that long and the responsibilities of being a star on the show that long. Can you talk about that a little bit? See, uh, that kind of thinking doesn't even enter my mind. It, it's hard for me to even say I am a star. That makes me so uncomfortable to say that. Um, you know, we're a company, we're a repertoire company, and I feel that we are all stars in our right. own right. You know, the, the interesting thing about uh, when I when I meet a person like you, because we've never met before. And, you know, we no. and, uh, you know, we're, 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 but I, I think after this conversation, I do want to meet you in person. I, I think that would be really you're, you're amazing. And, but when, when I when, and I and thank you for wanting to meet with me because of the fact that my whole thing in doing this interview was, first of all, to meet you and also to share what I view, what I, my takeaways from a book, because we all have reasons why we write a book. But I just want to let you know that some people who read the book, they they are inspired. And you have to you have to realize that's a blessing in my eyes. The fact that, oh, you, yes, absolutely. that you that you were honest enough to say, look, because I'm just telling you, when you if, when you hang up the phone or doing this interview, if you really look at what you're talking about in your book, 
you overcame so many odds, so many levels of different types of abuse, so many uh, emotionally challenging physical moments, and you survived it, and you survived it, uh, and, 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 and it didn't affect you. And so many people allow things to, to take them off their success, their, their path of opportunity, and you didn't. And that's right. why I had to say that you are a self-starter. But when a moment presents itself, Melody, you take advantage of it. You do not, you know, when you had to take the Lauren Bacall dog, you took the dog, okay? You know, <laughs> you, you took the dog. And so you didn't sit over there, dog, I, I don't like dogs. She said, okay, well, bring the dog on here. Because you understood relationships, you know, and all these things have, when you look back in your life, you realize, because you have such a great memory, you get, I think you get to appreciate your life a lot more because you can remember so many things. I can, and I think that was very helpful in uh, for the readers out there who think that I am Nikki Newman. A lot of people, you know, it's a fine line. They really think that that is me. And it, if they read everything I've been through and everything that I have come out of the other end, it, does, it gives them hope. And if I can give them encouragement to, you know, stick with it, and and there is light at the end of the tunnel, then that the, writing the book is all worth it. If I can just help those who might be going through similar things or did it as a child and are now adults still carrying it around with them. They don't need to. They don't need to. Dump it and move on. By, move on. Move on. Or share it with somebody so you can dump it. And that's yes. important, too, because sometimes you need to speak, speak it. And get it out of your system and, and see how some people who care about you react to it. And you realize it's no big deal. And that's yeah, the blessing of that, communication. That, that in itself has been very healing for me mm -hmm. to, uh, to have put it all out there. Hey, here it is, warts and all. And, uh, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm encouraging others to follow my lead, mm -hmm. I guess. You know, Nikki Newman, you know, I'm talking to Nikki Newman here, okay? The iconic <laughs> Nikki Newman here. <laughs> I love talking to you. Well, you in your book, you met a lot of famous people, Nikki. A lot of famous I people. Rita Franklin, now, Muhammad he, Ali. Your... Huh? Oh, Muhammad Ali. Oh, my goodness, yes. That was great. Great day. And so when you meet these famous people, you know, because I'm going to tell you something. When you said you met, uh, I'm just tell you something, John Wayne, I'm a Western nut. So John Wayne was, I grew up loving John Wayne. Kirk Douglas, a man's man, one of my, Spartacus, one of my all-time favorite actors. So you got, you start rattling off names that's like, I was jealous of you. I was saying, I hope she took pictures. I hope she took pictures. And Lauren Bacall, oh, that, that, that I can just see her silhouette. You know, uh, oh, I, I'm going... Oh my goodness, Carl Reiner, Aretha Franklin. Oh my, Muhammad Ali. Yes. Okay, let me tell you something. And you want to meet Rashawn McDonald? I feel even better. I <laughs> You're special, but you got a book out. And uh, I, I, first of all, I want to thank you for coming on Money Making Conversation. I want to thank you for writing a book that inspired me to realize that I'm living the right life. I'm all the things that I'm doing oh. in my life. I, I should keep doing. <laughs> And age has never been an issue with you. You've been motivated by hard work and success. And the fact that when and, and I just wanted you to respond to this before we leave, because in the entertainment business, it's always filled with so much uncertainty. You know, you work, you work. And when you got that three year contract uh -huh. for Young and the Restless, how did that make you feel at that point? You're like, because you know what you had your life had been the experience with your grandmother, uh, certain situations that, uh, that that 
people should have been put, put in jail by the way they treated you physically. It didn't happen. Yeah. But at that point, you have offered a three-year contract. What did that What did that do for you emotionally and mentally? And uh, we know what it did for you financially. I think I was too young and immature to really appreciate what that meant. Mm-hmm. But slowly, slowly, um, it, of course, you know, it, it does affect your life. All of a sudden you're making regular money every week, which for, you know, a freelance actor, that never happens. Right. And you start making new friends, lifelong friends on the show. You start maybe wearing nicer clothes and driving a nicer car. And it just kind of slowly creeps up on you without you realizing, hey, I've kind of jumped into a different bracket here of living. Mm-hmm. You're living in a house. And these things just occur without you giving them that much credence. But certainly, as time goes on, uh, and, and I mean, not only did it affect my life financially, but I met my husband because of Young and Restless. I had my children because of Young and Restless. So it really impacted my life tremendously, uh, more so than most actors, I think, because of the personal rewards it gave me. So uh, that has been such a blessing and still is that. Uh, I mean, how many shows are even on 41 years? And I've been on it for 41 years. It, it's truly, truly amazing. And as they say, still looking good and still fine. That's, that's, you know, that's what they say in the streets about you now. You know, still looking good and <laughs> still fine. Her memoir, <laughs> Always Young and Restless, is a very motivational <laughs> book. Nikki Newman's on my show, a.k.a. Melody Thomas Scott. Thank you for coming on Money Making Conversation. I really appreciate you. <laughs> so much for having me. It was a pleasure. <laughs> and we will see each other soon, one day down the line, because I know I blessed people so. tend to see each other some way, somehow. And we live in a life that allows blessings to unite. Thank you, my friend. Be safe out there. Thanks. We'll be right back with more from Rashawn McDonald and Money Making Conversations. Don't touch that dial. Organ donations save lives, and some organs can even be donated by a living donor. August is National Minority Donor Awareness Month, so let's check in with Dr. Danae Simpson, Assistant Professor of Surgery at Northwestern Medicine. Tell us about the African American Transplant Access Program. So this is my baby. This is a program that I have dreamt about creating since I became interested in transplant as a trainee. And it's a program designed to address the significant disparities that our African American patients face. The program is designed to educate patients about transplant, let them know what transplant can provide to them, and to help them access the resources that they find so scarce and so challenging to access in order to get them on the transplant path and back to, you know, some type of meaningful life. For more information, visit nm.org slash radio. It's finally here, the season of celebration. And no matter how you celebrate with family and friends, whether you're preparing for Reyes Magos or Karamu, lighting the menorah, or going to midnight mass, Kohl's has just what you need to make those traditions special. Plus, you'll find gifts for all your loved ones. Send warm wishes with cozy fleeces, sweaters, loungewear, blankets, and throws. Support minority-owned or founded brands by giving gifts from Human Nation and Shea Moisture. Or treat them to everyone's favorite activewear from top brands like Nike, Adidas, and Under Armour. And in the spirit of giving, Kohl's Cares is donating $8 million to local nonprofits nationwide committed to the health and well-being of our communities. 
No matter how you celebrate, when you shop at Kohl's, you're right where you belong. So this season, give with all your heart with great gifts from Kohl's or Kohl's.com. Whether your event needed one room or an entire conference center, Hopin has revolutionized the way people come together. With Hopin, you can host a fully-fledged digital meetup complete with one-on-one meetings, hands-on sessions, and expo booths. And because everything is hosted in a single, easy-to-use platform, it can be as big or small as you want, remain convenient for anyone who wants to attend, and give you access to data you never would have known otherwise. Visit Hopin.com to learn more and get started. Still living in 2021 and manually taking notes? Start the new year with otter.ai to generate automatic notes for meetings, interviews, or lectures. With otter.ai, you can search the meeting notes, insert images, play back the audio, and share them with your friends or coworkers. You can capture action items, remember meeting details, and keep everyone informed. Otter.ai works for in-person or virtual meetings like Zoom, Microsoft Teams, and Google Meet. Sign up for free at otter.ai or download the app for free. Otter.ai, that's O. Welcome back to Money Making Conversations. I'm your host, Rashawn McDonald. My next guest is an award-winning TV host slash celebrity chef slash best-selling cookbook author, best known for numerous food network and cooking channel shows. Every time I see him on TV, I'm hungry. He's the host of New Soul Kitchen on Clio TV and is co-host on The Best Things I Ever Ate. I get mad every time I see him on that show. On the cooking channel, the <laughs> best thing. He just be and he just give description because he had that little southern drawl. And he be like, like, you know, when he talks, it's like it's like the food dripping off his mouth, even though he's not eating anything. He's just one of those, there's that skill. New Soul Kitchen is preparing for his second season after winning three National World Awards in his first season. The show is geared towards the black millennial woman because of their unique styles of eating food compared to their parents and older siblings. Despite all of the show's past success, it is changing this year. Chef Jannard will be a solo host this year. We will talk about the show's new direction and being more health conscious in the more health conscious manner for all of us today, especially in COVID-19. Please welcome to the show, the family chef, Chef Jannard Wells. Hello, hello. Yeah, man. <laughs> Thought I'd never finish that, man. Chef, so, is, 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 <laughs> you make that introduction sound so good. I was like, dang, is he talking about me or somebody else? <laughs> hey, Chef, he's like, okay, is, is, is my whole show interview in the intro? Is, is it the whole, is it the intro? That's all I want to know. Because I like, he can keep talking, but I do have some things I want to say. And let, let's let's talk about that. What you're saying, we're, we're going to jump around a little bit, but I want to start first with what you just said. About the show is geared towards the black millennial woman because of their unique styles of eating food compared to their parents and older siblings. I have a daughter who's 24, and she loves the Food Network. Watches it all the time. Watches it all the time. And then now she's uh, like she she so one of her favorite shows is that um, the Worst Cooks. Oh, watch yeah. that. She, she couldn't believe I interviewed Ann Burrell. She couldn't. She could. Dad, you know her. You know her. See, she hadn't saw you. On t- See, once because now she, I have an intern at my company now. So she gets to updates all the update all the media kits. So now uh-huh. she gonna see your photo. She gonna go, you know, Chef Janelle Wells, too, because she know everybody. And so I know and it really caught me off guard that. Here's a 24-year-old person who's watching the Food Channel and the Cooking Channel so much. Talk about that whole generation that is now 
you know, more into like the self-help, do it myself, do it yourself. And you guys are, are, are supplying that. And that is the whole cornerstone of New Soul Kitchen. It, that is so true. And, and that's what's driving the, driving the band with now. And, and, and it's funny you mentioned Chef Ann Burrell, which is a good friend of mine. Chef Ann Burrell is whom I did my first TV show with on Food Network uh, about 11 years ago. The name of the show was Chef Wanted with Ann Burrell. And they brought me to New York City and, and had me to take over the oldest steakhouse in, in New York City by the name of Old Homestead and gave me that restaurant for a night. Amazing experience. But now the way the way time, the way the market is going, it is a, we, we're in a DIY or do-it-yourself society now. Right. Where the millennial woman is driving that, right? And, and one of the biggest things is is they see what they go to restaurants and they eat great food, but then after they eat it, they want to go home and recreate it. Versus when uh, the people before us was going and they go in the restaurant and they eat great food, what they're saying is, I can't wait to go back to that restaurant. But the driving force that's watching TV now, when they go to the restaurants or they see it. They want to recreate that experience, not just for themselves, but for them, for their friends, because we're in this more innovative driving platform. And then, you know, even though the pandemic has been a big downside for a lot of people, it's been an upside for the food industry because people who were normally eating out and, and, and living for the weekend just to eat, we were quarantined at home and they had no choice but to cook. Or they was going to be eating cold cuts and bologna every day. Absolutely. Now, my daughter, like just yesterday, she uh, she made some uh, cream spinach for me. I didn't even ask her to mm. make the cream spinach. And she, I said, where did you learn it? Oh, I saw it on uh, the worst cook. Because, see, worst. See, <laughs> I'm tell- tell- she made me and say, try this, daddy. <laughs> You're right. Well, no, here's the thing about it. The worst cook really is inspiring a lot of people who can't cook. Because they get to see the, the progression. You know, a person who can't cook. Making all the mistakes, suddenly at the end of the show, they can cook, and so they can cook, and, the, and it's not prefabricated. No, That's it's not. The it's not. And so I'm just letting you know that that we you know I'm, just, I'm talking about that, but you know we're talking about you no know, soul kitchen. But I'm just using my daughter as an example. I'm not trying to yeah. get away from the concept of who or what you're doing with your new show, Cleto TV. I'm just using an example of that you're talking about millennial. My daughter's a millennial, so she is that person that you're talking about on a Cleo TV, your Cleo TV show, New Soul Kitchen, that is now driving the digital, driving the social force of your show. Now let me ask you this about New Soul Kitchen. Did it start out like that? Was that the original concept? Yeah, that was the original concept with New Soul Kitchen. Um, we just, we just, as you know, with Cleo TV, it was a new network when it, when it launched two years ago and it really blossomed and took off. It took off faster than what we realized it was. And, and the thing was, we knew it was a need. The network knew it was a need for this while they created it. But we didn't realize that the need was going to take off the way it did, you mm-hmm. know, even with season one of New Soul Kitchen, the way it was, where it was initially set up, it was me, um, a, a Southern chef that was cooking American cuisine there, and they paired me with a vegan chef because they knew veganism was big in the millennial culture. Mm-hmm. So what they did was going into season two, which will be, which season two will be airing in October, and I'm so happy I was had the ability to film season two literally days before the pandemic shut down New York 
I was on I was on the first thing smoking out of there. But the way season two is going to be set up is, of course, me as the sole host. But I have four amazing young women that have expertise in different fields that are going to be joining me through the 16 episodes. Um, one young lady specializes in veganism. Another one specializes in the African diaspora. Another one specializes in keto. And then another one specializes in seafood pescatarian. So we touch on all of those areas. So you get to experience, the viewer get to experience these different cuisines. And what I do is instead of just cooking how I typically would cook, I step into their culture and their world and I create meals that are comparable to go just along with them. So you have, as we call it, the yin and the yang. You get the best of both worlds with this new season. Now, the cool thing is, Rashawn, New Soul Kitchen did so well, and we won, we won several awards, three Kelly Awards, where I also had the benefit now of having a second show. So I have a second show that'll be airing this coming year, which is New Soul Kitchen Remix. And that show is geared toward the millennial woman or man that wants to create great meals on the fly. So if you're looking for, to learn how to cook a meal in 30 minutes or less, right. I'm your man. So so that, so that that's what you do on that show. You go in there and show yeah. how to cook a, a quick meal. Now, when does that air? That airs when? That was New Soul Kitchen Remix is going to be later on later on this year after New Soul Kitchen right. Season 2 starts, which right. New Soul Kitchen Season 2 starts in October. So, but we hadn't had got the release date for New Soul Kitchen uh, Remix just yet. So where will you be shooting that, that remix show at? Well, I'll be shooting it at Rochelle and I Dang. already shot it. I look. Wow. I went to I went to New I went to New York for <laughs> Powerhouse Productions and I shot twenty eight episodes in eight days. Okay, you did it like Tyler Perry. Now. You know, Tyler Perry's shooting <laughs> series, you know, 25 episodes in a week, you know. So if Tyler Perry can do it, you know you can do it for a cooking show. Hey, I said, why not? I was like an energizer bunny. Just wind me up and just let me go. <laughs> well, you know, the thing about it now, what period? Now, let's let's slow it down here so I can make sure I'm getting all the, all the information correct. Now, the New Souls Kitchen Show was shot right in New York City right before the pandemic shut down, right? That was Correct. 16 episodes, four different female chefs, millennial chefs are going to come in with four different styles. of a, And yeah. then you're going to match their cooking styles based on how you present stuff, right? Correct. So, which is really smart. Not saying that the host that was there last year, actually, you, she just all she could do was vegan. So this year, you, you start with a vegan, but you got the African diocese, then you have the, what, the quino, you said, and then the seafood. Yep. So those are four. Diff- so it maintains the interest a lot stronger and allows the people not to think it's the same old, same old, because guess what? Not everybody's into veganism. You're right. That's not nothing negative. You're right. But not everybody. No, is it's, there. it's nothing negative because you don't have to be into veganism to eat veganism. As I always tell people, anytime you get your plate, you always gonna have your meat in two sides. So you eat vegan food without eating vegan food. Right, right. You just right, wash right. it down with a little protein. Like, like that, wash it down with some meat. Like me, that's me. You know, I, I'm gonna have some meat in my collard greens. I'm gonna have it. Now. So I might have some vegan looking greens, but it's some meat dancing in that 
in that sauce, <laughs> that sauce there. Now, now, Chef, yeah. we, we've been knowing each other a long time. We, we came together back in 2017, and I've been yeah. fortunate to watch your journey as an entrepreneur and watch you grow. And, and really sow your knowledge into me because you're, you're an icon in, in this game, and, and I really just, really just thank you for, for, you know, all the knowledge that you take time to show into me, you know, on and off the camera. Well, I appreciate it because, you know, I really call you the family chef. You have a beautiful wife. You have a yep. large family. And uh, so you get a, you get a, it gives you an opportunity to practice. <laughs> yeah. It's Those it. are my worst critics. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So so when you go away to do a show like uh, Clio TV, Okay. And uh, this is, I like to say, because we've always talked about you doing your own show and it kind of feels like the Clio TV is finally giving you your leverage to be your own brand. How is the the relationship of building out your brand and tying to a show like New Soul Kitchen helping out your other entrepreneurial opportunities? Because I've seen you on Rachel Ray, uh, you know, you getting dropped, you know, you getting DM'd and sliding in on the Maoris, you know, you you everywhere now. Which is good, with your little hat on back. <laughs> yes, yes. I always take my hat on back. You know, it's it's really opening up the doors. Cleo is really opening up the doors to give me a voice and a platform. Right. And what they did was when 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 I when I came to Cleo and we became a family, instead of smothering out the light that I had from doing the shows for countless years with Food Network and Cooking Channel, they allowed me to use that knowledge to blossom into who and what I desired and what I wanted to see. Right. You know, that was one of the most amazing things that I really loved, especially with dealing with the execs at Clio and the the, the producers with, with Powerhouse Production. Is. They gave me a voice and it was, Chef Jamal, what do you envision? What do you see? What do you want to see with this show? And gave me more footing. So, and you know, it's something about when, you know, you could do shows and you go and you show up and they just give you the dialogue and tell you, okay, this is what we want. And nothing's wrong with that. But it's something about when they ask you, what do you want to see? What do you desire? How do you per perceive your image? It gives you a, 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 an extra um about what you're doing and being a part of it. And by doing that, it really helped me just truly, this year has truly been a growing year, growing into who I am. But also, it allowed other networks, other shows like Rachel Ray Cooking Channel to see that, hey, this man there, even though we've had this man on here for 10 years, this man really has something. And this man is really showing us that, hey, the kids in life, as I always say, you persevere regardless of what the circumstances are. And sometimes it takes other people seeing you blossom to appreciate the roles. You're listening to Money Making Conversations with Rashawn McDonald. We'll be right back. Cars today are like a computer on wheels, but you can't fix any of these new features yourself. So when something breaks, it could cost you a fortune. And now is not the time for expensive repairs. That's why you need CarShield. CarShield has affordable protection plans that can save you thousands for a cover repair, including computers, GPS, electronics, and more. CarShield understands payment flexibility is a must. Plans are customizable and as low as $99 a month. No long-term contract 
contract or commitment. Plus, you get to pick your favorite mechanic or dealership to do the work, and CarShield takes care of the rest. They also offer complimentary 24-7 roadside assistance and a rental car while yours is being fixed. CarShield is America's number one auto protection company. For as low as $99 a month, you can protect yourself from surprises and save thousands. Call 1-800-CAR-6000. They mention code money, M-O-N-E-Y, or visit carshield.com and use code money, M-O-N-E-Y, to save 10%. That's carshield.com, code money. A deductible may apply. Welcome back to Money Making Conversations. I'm your host, Rashawn McDonald. Now, here's the interesting thing about it is that, and I appreciate the compliments about what you said about me because I really just feel that um, that's my value to individuals like you is not I don't have to manage you to be able to advise you. I don't have to manage you to be able to tell you this is a smart decision and this is encourage you to move forward with that decision. Because in the end, you know, if I die with information that can make you better then that I've done a disservice to my life. And more importantly, I've done, a, I've done a disservice to the person who has asked me for advice. And so you're going to always get that advice, young man. And uh, as I call him, a.k.a. the family chef. Now, here's the thing I want to talk about right here. You was talking about millennials being health conscious. I'm reading your bio here about the show New Soul Kitchen, which is on Chloe over TV. My, my daughter, she's been making these uh, red velvet uh, donuts with, uh, with white icing on them. You know, and I'm trying to figure out, you said millennials are wanting more health conscious food options. Now, I'm trying to figure out, is red velvet donuts with white icing health conscious? <laughs> well, it's dependent on how many bites you take out of it. <laughs> well, I'm just going to tell you this, Jeff Janard. I've been eating two a day for five days in a row. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, wow. I, I hope they're mini donuts. <laughs> Unfortunately, you know how I eat. Come on now. <laughs> if, you, look, if it was I, mini donuts, I, I, I it'd be a, six. I see the Rashad eat post, so I know how you get down. <laughs> and so and, I'm and just right kind of confused. Now, I may have a different oh, man, millennial out there. I may have a different millennial out there. See, and see the thing is, like you said, with with the millennial, they truly do believe in, hey, I can have my cake and eat it too, along with everything else. Right. But what they do is they have they have active lifestyles. Right. And also if you notice though the typical millennial, when you see them, they don't overindulge um like the Gen X's did. You you would see them eating donuts, you would see them eating taking advantage of all their guilty pleasures. And then you cut another corner, and you see them sitting eating eating a kale salad. You know, it is because I, maybe it's because of of the way society has started to gear things and the way they see it. Right. They look at food differently, right. and the food that they desire to put in their bodies is different. You see them more so on. Oh, I'm cooking with, with wheat flour. I'm using whole grain. This I'm farm to table. You know, their selection of food. They don't, the millennials now, they don't typically gravitate towards the processed food like the generations prior to them. And that's one of the things which allows them to eat what they eat. You know, when we think about it, Rashawn, our, our grandparents and our great-grandparents, they ate what they want when they wanted it. Right. From, from the fat bag, the rooter to the tutor, you right. name it, they ate it and they lived long lives. Right. So what's the difference now 
it, the difference is, is what's being put in a lot of the food. Right. So when you become health conscious on, okay, I can eat this, but let me figure out what's in it before I eat it so I know how much to eat or how or when to eat it or how to cook it, and that changes it. Where we don't cook a lot with, with lard and, and cooking oils, you'll see, you'll see the millennials gravitating towards avocado oil, olive oil, grapeseed oil, and it's those minor, minute things that changes their whole diet and how their body breaks down the food. Wow. Now, I'm talking to uh, Chef Jannard Wells, the family chef. He is so, coming back for the second season. He's the solo chef. I, I can say he's the solo chef, but he got four uh, new additional millennial. Are they millennial yep. chefs that, that, that's coming yes, on the show? Yes, they are. I have four amazing ladies that's on the show with me. Mm-hmm. Man, we're kicking some butt and having some fun. Mm-hmm. Um, look. I, I can tell you this on the shows. I'm eating everything. They, they got me eating everything from macro eyes all the way, all the way down the the cocoa for garlic. <laughs> Woo! Making it happen. But you, you know, here, here's here's the funny thing. Because ever if, if you know anything about Rashawn, I'm a baker. I've been fortunate to win awards as a baker. If you follow my social media posts, you will know on Tuesdays and Friday I recognize bakers throughout America called the Baker Spotlight. Now the one thing mm-hmm. about baking. You make a mistake in baking, well, you might well just throw it away because you yeah, can't fix it. Yeah, that's chemistry right there. You, you cannot fix it. That's why a friend of mine, he emailed me last night. He said, do you listen to jazz when you bake? I go, man, I can't. I don't listen to nothing. You can't, you can't be out of your mind not focused when you're baking. When it says a teaspoon or a smidge or a peach, it best not be more than what it said it's supposed to be or it's done. And so my wife, she was making gumbo yesterday. Mm. She's making, you know, the crab meat. The, mm-hmm. She, she diaped up the okra. I got a little organic garden now in the backyard. So my tomatoes came fresh out of the backyard. You know, she was chopping that up, putting it in there. And then she came and tapped me on the show. We had sausage and all that stuff. And she had the sausage in there with her roux. And she said, I don't think mm. the roux is right. So I went over and tasted it. I'm going to tell you something, Chef you know, It was not right. Okay, was not right. Oh wow, was not right. Yeah. Was not right. Was okay. not right. So, so I said. Okay. She said, "What should I do?" I said, "Okay, this is what you do: drain all your stuff out of that root. Okay, just drain it all out. Find mm-hmm. you some, um, some, um, some, just some, um, some, some chicken, um, chicken broth in the back. The, you know, mm-hmm. we always keep that in the container. And I said, mm-hmm. "Give me a. This is what I said now. Give me Chef Gennard seasoning right here. Give me this. Give me that. And give me uh Tony." Tony season, that little green, that little yeah. green container. I said, that's all we need right now. I said, oh I said, I said, she said, can I put a couple of uh, cornstalk? I said, yeah, you can bring on Argo. Get Argo in here. Get Argo in here. Yeah. I said, I said, put that, 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 that stock in here, that chicken stock. That chicken. It up, yeah. And then I said, put it half water, put everything back in there, put a dash of uh, Chef Janard season in there, put me some Tony in there and brother, it was outstanding. So you can save food, but you can't save a bad, messed up cake. <laughs> no, it, it ain't nothing you can do with a do with a messed up cake. If, if you got the chemistry wrong when it comes to it, you're in trouble. Right. Now, one of the things that it, you know you mentioned about baking, 
Mm-hmm. That scale that you got is something else that you use the the perfect bait. Yes, sir. Yes, um, sir. With, mm-hmm. with the measurement, now that seems like that will keep you from. That, that's almost like foolproof. It's almost like foolproof, but you still gotta, you know, because because it's dings. If you miss the ding, because you listen to some music, okay? Because it, 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 right, right, <laughs> you know that groove and it and miss it when it says ding. Okay, because that's when it lets you know that it's hit that correct measurement rate, white weight, uh, 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 yeah. feeling in that cup. And so that's how it goes like that. But when I when I, I just say this to just transition to the fact that I, I use your season. How is that all going? The seasoning? You, you had the hand sanitizer working during COVID-19. You're an entrepreneur at heart. How are your other entrepreneurial things besides the fact that you physically are cooking on shows, you physically are doing appearances on Rachel Ray, on your Instagram account, you're doing paid virtual appearances. How's the entrepreneurial side of you, and how did you pivot during the pandemic? Oh man, during the pandemic, I, you know, at first I was I was a little worried when it, when it first kicked off, but I tell you, I've been nothing but blessed. The manufacturing business truly just took off, you know, from all my seasonal products because a lot of people didn't didn't and still don't want to leave the home as much and don't want to go to a lot of grocery stores. So with the products that I create with Hulk Cuisine, they are, you know, all natural products, low in sodium, no MSGs, no fructose corn syrups. So the sales did more than quadruple, right. you know, and, and where we had, we had to ramp up production just to be able to keep up with it and satisfy the demand, which was most certainly a good problem to have. You know, during the course of that, I even launched, launched some new products in the process where I have an amazing lemon pepper ranch that I say that that's great on everything. The kids truly love that one. And what I did was because we are millennial driven, is I started leaning on my kids, my, my, my 18 and 19 year olds and my younger ones. I started leaning on them, on their taste buds. What are some of the things that they like? What are some of the things that their friends eat? And I started creating products based around that that would meet the need of them, but then still satisfy our taste buds and what we like. Because I always, you know, I learned this years ago was that Having the shows and having that platform was one thing, but that platform don't mean anything if you don't have some true products and true things that you can t- attach to your brand, right. even when you're not on TV. And that's important because that's called multiple streams of income. And yes. and also uh, some people call it mailbox money where you're sleeping, check yep. comes. And because in the oh, end, yeah. in the end, you can't be up making money all the time off your physical back your effort to wake up and you had to walk out that door to uh make a labor and that's how everybody makes their money they go to a nine to five and but when you get in there and then god giving is giving you these extra skill sets you have to learn how to be how to be smart and that's all you're saying right now you're just you just start out that multitasking like like i said i got you i got you your, your red and white bottle that, that that hand sanitizer that every time you put mm-hmm. it up you shell out on it you i know your family <laughs> your family's your and that's a family business because i know you put it all together at your house right I, I did, I did. Now we do have a, you know, I do have a commercial kitchen mm-hmm. that we produce the vast majority of our right. part products in. Mm-hmm. But when the pandemic first hit and we couldn't go out the house, right? Shoot, mm-hmm. I had to, I had to convert a space in the house, and we had to continue to to keep producing here to satisfy the demand. Because even though I'm not the big companies like Crafts and McCormick's, 
I still have to satisfy my customers, and I couldn't put, hey, we're closed down, and a lot of lot of these other bigger manufacturers, like my bottle suppliers and stuff like that, I was getting, it came to a point where we were getting outbid on products because right. bigger companies was coming in buying up the products, and you know, and I had to start really voicing my opinion from my company standpoint, like, hey, but I've been dealing with you guys for 10 years. You guys are going to have to give me some kind of favor and some kind of leeway because i got to survive just as well as the, the major companies. And, and that led into them making sure that I had the ingredients, making sure that I had a lot of the packaging utensils that I needed to continue to get these products shipped out to the people because then also we launched the CERP. We launched the uh, No High Fructose Corn CERP. Oh, yes, yes. Um, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. I got that. Man, yeah. I got more. I put that. My daughter made some. Again, my daughter, she's watching TV. Okay, watching Millennial. The Millennial made me some thin uh, waffles, some thin waffles. Mm. And oh, yeah. um, I warmed up that, warmed up that syrup, brother. Put it on there, man, with me some butter. I'm going to let you know. I forgot to tell you that I, 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 I apologize. I did try that syrup and it's all gone. It's oh, all gone. I'm going to have to make sure I see some of that. And as well as in the process, we've launched a chopping board. I have some bamboo chopping boards. I'm going I'm to make sure I see a bamboo chopping board. And I have a new light knife line that we just launched about two weeks ago. So I have my own volcanic steel knife, mm. um, the Chef Jannard line, because one of the things, and I always tell people, you know, I'm in food, so whenever I'm launching or creating products, I try to keep it in that same wheelhouse, because a lot of people say, well, how are you doing all this? You're doing TV shows, you this, and you're doing that. Well, when you keep it all this diversified from that same wheelhouse, it's easy to maintain. So if I write a cookbook, hey, I'm a chef on TV, so cookbooks go to go hand in hand. If I lunch products, I'm lunching food products. That still ties in. If I'm lunching knives, if I'm lunching chopping boards, things like that are still in my wheelhouse. It's not like, you know, I'm, I'm going out here, I'm, I'm a chef, and I'm promoting this, and then you, you see me pop up, and I say, hey, I, I'm, I'm going to open up a car lock, Sean. Right. Like, okay. You're being off the plane a little bit. <laughs> right. You, yeah, right. You go, okay. Wasn't he the chef? Wasn't he with the family chef? Now he's the family mechanic yeah. now? He's the family exactly. mechanic. Now I'm selling family, family <laughs> things. Right. Right. He's the family fan now. Well, hey, hey, man. Come over here. I feed you and I drive you. Let you drive away. Exactly. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm talking to the family chef, Chef Denard Weld. Has an exciting new season coming up. New Cthuso Kitchen, bringing on four brand new millennial shelves. Uh, also, the New Soul Kitchen we remix, which he, both shows have already been shot. One is 16 mm -hmm. episodes. The other one, did you say 28 episodes? 12. 12, 12 episodes. 12, 12 episodes, episodes of the remix and mm -hmm. 16 episodes, a total of 28. That's where I got that 28 from. Yep. And so they'll be mm -hmm. dropping later on in the season. And so with that being said... The, the the whole pandemic, the the taking care of your family, seeing all these things play out. Just before we go, I know I promoted heavily the new Soul Kitchen show. Tell me one of your best episodes on the best thing you ever ate. 
please close out my show oh. with one of those so I can just hear how you talk there, Chef Jannard. Well, so I can just so you're such a colorful speaker. Tell me, I'm just giving you time to get that right episode in your head. Of, oh, of the you, best thing you, you, you ever you, ate. Give me time. I already know the, the the episode. The name of the restaurant is called Homemade, and home Homemade is in Athens, Georgia. They has a, a have a dish that's called the ham and cheese sandwich, but it's not like ham and cheese in a traditional sense. What they do is they take that that pork loin and they smoke it until it fall apart into little chunks. After they smoke it with that hickory wood, then they take a pepper jelly, put it in a cast iron skillet, drop those chunks of pork in there, saute it where that pepper jelly is glazing all over that loin. And when they're doing it, then they're going to make a pimento cheese from scratch. And once they make that pimento cheese from scratch, then they make these milk rolls, these milk butter rolls that melt in your mouth almost like how those Hawaiian yeast rolls, except you could tell these right here made from scratch. And when it comes out on a plate, you got those sauteed pepper jelly slices of that pork loin ham, that pimento cheese, and those milk rolls, and you build those sandwiches out in every bite. I tell you, it's like heaven in your mouth. You you literally get the itis at the table and want to go to sleep. When you see it on the media, it says ham and cheese sandwich, but it's nothing like the ham and cheese sandwich in the traditional sense. Man. Right there, when I open my new studio, we gonna, me and you going to produce a show called Mmm Good. And I'm just going <laughs> to let you just talk about a menu item just like that. I swear to you, Chef Jannard, well, it's going to be a hit. My engineer, he looked over at me, just, he turned his head and just looked at me and went, man, he needs to stop. Because you got a skill, man. You have a, a, a blessed family, a beautiful wife. 20, over 20 years yeah. of marriage. New Soul yes. Kitchen is coming back this season for the second season, starring my man, the family chef, Chef Jannard Wells. Chef Jannard Wells, thank you for coming on my show, Money Making Conversations. Thank you. It's always a pleasure. Hi, everyone. Al Roker here. As a guy with his own catchphrase, I appreciate that Smokey's only said, Only you can prevent wildfires. But I'm filling in because there's a lot more to report. Like when there are parched or windy conditions out there, you got to be extra careful with things like burning yard waste. After all, wildfires can start anywhere, even in your neck of the woods. Go to SmokeyBear.com to learn more about wildfire prevention. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service, your state forester, and the Ad Council. Adoption of teens from foster care is a topic not enough people know about, and we're here to change that. I'm April Dinwiddie, host of the new podcast, Navigating Adoption, presented by Adopt US Kids. Each episode brings you compelling real-life adoption stories told by the families that live them with commentary from experts. Visit adoptuskids.org slash podcast or subscribe to Navigating Adoption, presented by Adopt US Kids. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services Administration for Children and Families and the Ad Council. Look through your children's eyes to see the true magic of a forest. It's a storybook world for them. You look and see a tree. They see the wrinkled face of a wizard with arms outstretched to the sky. They see treasure and pebbles. They see a windy path that could lead to adventure. And they see you, their fearless guide through this fascinating world. Find a forest near you and start exploring at discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by the United States Forest Service and the Ad Council. 
My next guest is a 33-year-old artist and skateboarder from Dayton, Ohio. She has been running Proper Nar since 2013. Proper Nar is a streetwear brand focusing on skateboarding and girl power. Black girl magic, that is. It is your go-to stop for original skate decks, clothes, pins, arts, and hats, and more. All of the designs are drawn by her. And she sponsors a small women's skateboarding team. Proper Nar is the only black woman-owned skateboarding company in the market today. The founder and artist, Latasha Stone, channeled her genuine love for skateboarding into creating custom skateboards, clothing, and art prints that are unlikely seen on any other skateboard. She's on the show to discuss being the first black woman to own a skateboard brand. Because she is on the show today to discuss she is on the show today to discuss being the first black woman to own a skateboard brand. Because of the pandemic, she was laid off from her main job. But guess what? There were bigger things to this story. Please welcome to Money Making Conversation, Latasha Stone. Hey, thanks so much for having me. Well thank you for coming on the show. Uh, now what is proper NAR? Um, yeah, Proper NAR, it's, um, it started out as like a, a passion project. It's, it was just a way to combine, you know, everything that I loved into one thing. Um, you know, I've been skating since I was a kid. I've been an artist since I was a kid as well. And, um, yeah, I just put all that together and just turned it into a business. Now, and, um, really? Oh, go ahead. No, no, no. When you say that, because, you know, when I hear skating, and I apologize for cutting you off, because when you say skating since you was a kid. So you were born and raised in Ohio? In Ohio? Yes, I was. Yep. Um, lived here my entire life. So when, um, so when you hear skating, skating, so you hear skating, you always think West Coast, you think uh, Florida, you think Texas, you think where it's warm a lot of times. In Ohio, I think cold, cold, cold for a long period yeah. of time. Yeah. Yeah, and that's definitely affected it as well. Um, I feel like I would definitely have gotten better, faster at skating if I had lived somewhere that was warm because, you know, in Ohio you got like, you know, five good months and then you, you got rain, you got winter. But we do have indoor parks here, so those are fun. Now, when you say indoor parks, what are you? Could, tell me about exactly what you mean because, like I said, you started skating at what age? Roller, skating, um, I was around skating. 12. It was in like sixth grade, so around twelve years old. Twelve. Who inspired you? What turned you on to the to the art form or the athletic form or skateboarding? Uh, it's kind of a mixture of things. Um, part of it was just like the neighborhood that I grew up in. Like I was always seeing the little neighbor kids out there doing it, and then also um, I don't know if you know like the Tony Hawk skate games. Absolutely. I, I had an N sixty four when I was a little kid, and that was one of the first games that I had. So I was always playing that as well, and then. Like, you know, I do it on the game. Let's go try it in real life. <laughs> well, so uh, so he was inspired by Tony Hawk, who everybody knows is a legendary, uh, probably the probably mm -hmm. probably the most well-paid person in the history of skateboarding, I would say, because he has skateboards, a fashion line and and became like a, a star, a true star before mm -hmm. social media was even out. Imagine how big he would have been if he had social media when he was uh, breaking all those barriers and becoming the star he became on skateboarding. Now, when you when yeah. you want to be a skateboarder, it was two things in your intro that we talked about. One was the fact that you are, you can skateboard, but you also are an artist. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about the development of that talent because at the age of 12, you said like about the sixth grade, you started skateboarding. I found the, uh, uh, in your neighborhood, you saw people, you said, oh, I like that, I like to try that. What did the art skill, the artist skills, start to start to develop? Um, well, also when I was a kid, I had an uncle 
that lived with me and he was an oil painter. And so I was always watching him and I kind of got inspired by that. And then I was always uh, doing when I was in school and I would do like little portrait drawings of like all the celebrities and the little boy bands that I would listen to and really just went from there. And then um, I, I never really quit drawing. I went to art school and then I went to graphic design school. So yeah, it's definitely been a big part of my life as well. So everything, your whole life is the state of Ohio. That's what you're telling me? Yeah, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> so you were born there, did all your art training there, skateboard enthusiast in a in a cold state, and now you launched a company called Proper NAR. What does NAR mean? That's G-N-A-R, Proper NAR. NAR is um, short for gnarly. Um, it's just a term that a lot of skateboarders use. Um, you can use it in all kinds of different ways. Um, it can be something that's like a really cool and like really crazy. Like if you do a really big trick, a really like technical trick, like, oh, that's gnarly. Or also like, you know, if you like hurt yourself and you get like messed up, like, oh, that's what, that's a gnarly looking scar you got there. It, it can be used in many different ways. Well, that now, now I get the term gnarly, gnar. So because mm-hmm. that's that's such a TV term, that's such a California term, and it's really uh, mm-hmm. tied to a, a fantastic African American female skater in the state of Ohio. How does that play out in the in the scheme of things? First of all, first of all, the fact you being black. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's uh, a lot of people assume that I'm from California. Like, I always get people like messaging me, like, "Oh wow, like you're you're in Ohio. Like, I thought you were like in LA or something." But um, yeah, it's definitely affected me a lot. You know, like when I'd go to the skate park when I was younger. Um, you know, first of all, being a woman, like people don't really, you know, like the stereotype of skating isn't a being a girl, and then especially like being like a black woman. Like, there's a there's a few, you know, professional black men skaters but you don't really see women doing that too often so there's definitely you know comments that i've gotten while at the skate park you know about how i don't really fit the stereotype mm-hmm. and uh but i mean here lately it's it's worked out to my advantage but that's that's a newer thing definitely in the past you know people kind of thought it was weird or you know they'd be like oh can you really skate like oh no are you like a they, poser wow they ask you can you really skate then you have to prove yourself what, what happens yeah when- um I, I don't know people just uh they they kind of don't take you seriously like you go to the park and you know people like watch you to see if you can really skate or if you're just there you know like skateboarders they're uh, they kind of like to the gatekeep their culture right um yeah yeah they uh only try and let like certain people in so they uh make sure you're legit before they uh work with you and you know support you and stuff like that okay okay let me just back up this is Rashawn mcdonald talking to tasha stone she's the creator of an incredible company called uh skateboarding company she's black female proper gnar gnar you know like gnarly dude since 2013 that's when she founded the company now how do you prove yourself that you can skateboard that because i've seen people you know they, they hit the bottom of the board it it pops up and they can grab it in their hand i've seen people slide down mm-hmm. steps and balance themselves i've seen people you know 
hit it and it rotates 360 and it comes down and they can land on top of it. What are like three major tricks that you have to show that you can actually, you know, participate in this game of uh, skateboarding uh, credibility, I guess we should say. Um, you know, a lot of time you'll be at the skate park and people like to challenge you to a game called skate, which is where you, uh, you got to spell out the letters and like whoever spells the letters out first, like every time you land a trick, it's a letter and you know, whoever gets, gets it first wins. Um, that's one of the ways that a lot of, a lot of people are like, Oh, do a kickflip and you got to like bust it out. Like, okay. okay, right okay. There. No, 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 Natasha can't just throw out these terminology, do a kickflip. You know, I don't know what a kickflip is. Help a, help a host <laughs> out here. So you just can't run out there. You already, yeah, I already had to explain to me what gnarly meant. Gnar. Okay. Uh -huh. So when you say a kickflip, we on radio, mm -hmm. tell us exactly what that is. Um, a kickflip is, uh, it's, it's, a honestly one of the tricks, like one of the more technical tricks that people really learned how to do in the beginning, but it's just when you can flip the board, uh, completely around and then just land on it. Like, like you do, a, a, it's like, it, it flips like 360 degrees and you come back and land on it. Okay. So, so you land on it. Now, here's my question about skateboarding. Okay. Can I ask you, how tall are you? I'm five two. Okay, five two. Is 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 it an advantage to be a, a, a smaller in stature, or it is all right? It doesn't matter if you're tall; you can be an outstanding skateboard artist. Um, yeah, it it does have an advantage being shorter because uh, that's one thing about like kids with skateboarding because they they're closer to the ground and that helps with your uh, center of gravity. But anybody of any size and height can really learn how to do it, though. And so now do you have training sessions? Let's talk about your business. Is your business tied to just the, the, the you know, apparel line, the skateboards? And let's talk about that whole process. And also the pandemic hit and you had a main job. That main job went mm -hmm. away. What ran through your mind right there? Was it like you did you feel like it was forcing you to commit to your really your, your number one passion, which was skateboarding and being an artist? Or are you just traumatized by the fact that a pandemic hit? You have no job. What's next move? What is move number two in your life? Um, honestly, like both of those. Um, yeah, I was definitely really stressed when it happened. I did photography um, before. Well, well, I, you know, the pandemic, it kind of been starting in January. And I, I've been uh, doing the photography there for a couple months. And then, you know, I started to see other places closed down. So I was like wondering, you know, was I going to be next? And then it did happen and, you know, schools closed and it, it was super stressful. So it was like, yeah, I definitely got to do something because that unemployment was not, uh, you know, it was not kicking in. And I mean, I already had the business going, but it was definitely like, all right, now I, now I got the time to stay at home and, you know, really put all my time into it. And I was like, you know, it's now or never, I'm never going to get this chance again to, have all this time off, you know, and get everything going. So I just put my all into it. And and all, when you say all into it, what do you mean when you say that? Because of the fact that where were you at when you lost your job with business wise? Where were you at? Um, it was doing okay, but it wasn't. It definitely wasn't doing what it is now. Um, you know, I I couldn't really focus on it fully because you know I did have the other job. You know, it's hard to work you know, 40 hours a week and then come home and then also make your art and then also run the business and 
do shipping and, you know, all the social media and all that. So, you know, in a way, like getting laid off definitely was a blessing because now I had the full time to manage everything and, you know, get caught up on everything and come out with all these new designs. You're listening to Money Making Conversations with Rashawn McDonald. We'll be right back. Cars today are like a computer on wheels, but you can't fix any of these new features yourself. So when something breaks, it could cost you a fortune. And now is not the time for expensive repairs. That's why you need CarShield. CarShield has affordable protection plans that can save you thousands for a cover repair, including computers, GPS, electronics, and more. CarShield understands payment flexibility is a must. Plans are customizable and as low as $99 a month. No long-term contract or commitment. Plus, you get to pick your favorite mechanic or dealership to do the work, and CarShield takes care of the rest. They also offer complimentary 24-7 roadside assistance and a rental car while yours is being fixed. CarShield is America's number one auto protection company. For as low as $99 a month, you can protect yourself from surprises and save thousands. Call 1-800-CAR-6000 and mention code MONEY, M-O-N-E-Y, or visit carshield.com and use code MONEY, M-O-N-E-Y, to save 10%. That's carshield.com, code money. A deductible may apply. Welcome back to Money Making Conversations. I'm your host, Rashawn McDonald. Well, you know, social media is a, plays a major role in um, the business platform now. And uh, you started mm-hmm. going viral. And when you say the word viral, did, did, was that intentional, intentional marketing techniques or it just happened when you started allowing yourself it- to see your business blow up based on social media? It really just happened. Um, it was crazy how it all happened. Um, back in early June, I got featured on Beyonce's um, Black Parade business list. And honestly, ever since okay, there... Okay, before we go any further, explain to everybody what, they, what exactly that is. The Black Parade Directory of Black-Owned Businesses. That Beyonce, I think she has like 141,000 Instagram followers, and she created this Black business page, correct? Yeah, yeah, she uh put every all these businesses um on her main webpage. So if you when you went to beyonce.com, it was this list of all these black owned businesses that she endorsed. And I was one of those. I woke up and everybody was telling me about it and I I honestly didn't believe it at first. <laughs> and then I went and saw for myself and I was like, "Wow, this is crazy." But yeah, um yeah, she uh she really helped launch uh, a lot of other businesses. Like I've been hearing from the other people that are featured on that list as well, that they've been having some pretty good successes since then. And, um, really after that, I just started getting more people reaching out to me. Like me, um, like me. <laughs> yes, definitely. <laughs> and, um, it, it definitely opened up a whole new customer base to me. And, um, I, I did an interview back in July with, um, Black Enterprise, Absolutely. and that was when things really took off. And you know, I went to sleep, and I had like seven hundred some shares on it, and I was like, you know, that's cool. And then I look at it the next day, and it had like two hundred thousand some, <laughs> and it just kept going up and up from there. Now, when you when you, when you say things have taken off, what is what is in our world of uh, business or inventory? What, what exactly does that mean? Um, really just like your show says, like, uh, making money, you know, I, um, I pretty much made six figures in like one month and, you know, it was just shocking because I went from, you know, money making conversations. That is why you own this show, Latasha, six (laughs) figures in one month from a person who lost her job, her job during the pandemic. That is truly 
truly, you understand, you know, things happen for a reason. We, we, that's a cliche. That's a cliche. You always say things happen for a reason. Mm-hmm. And so here you are, you were a photographer and then you got laid off from your job during the pandemic in the month of June. Someone told Beyonce about your product. Someone was impressed. Someone knew you had mm-hmm. value and she posted you on her website, post attached you to her Instagram Count. I remember when it came out, you know, Beyonce is an amazing person. I'm from Houston, Texas. She's from Houston, Texas. I know Beyonce. She's a true, a true rebel to the cause. Mm-hmm. And she is true blackness. And to uh, be featured like that, but more importantly, she's just not a black artist. She's a uh, international artist. So I'm sure mm-hmm. your the impact of her of you being on her website was an international impact, correct? Yes, definitely. I, I sold in countries that I'd never sold in before. Um, but yeah, I definitely, it, I went from, you know, not knowing where my next paycheck was going to come from to this. And yeah, it's it's overwhelming, but it's definitely a blessing. Now, what's next steps for you, my friend? You know, you're an artist. We didn't talk a little bit about that because I went to your website page and you're an incredible artist. It almost seems like your work on these skateboards and your clothing is really like stuff. If I don't if I wasn't a skateboard artist, I could frame your skateboard and put it on the wall. It's almost like art. Yeah, um, and that's my goal with it. Because, like, if you look at other skateboarding brands, you know, a lot of them just, you know, they'll put their brand name, their logo, and, and that's it. And, you know, I didn't really like that at all. I wanted to do something different and, um, you know, really just, just stand out from the things that these other brands we're doing um the next thing that i want to do um i've got some collabs coming up uh definitely get some new designs out um i've had a lot of people ask me to do longboards and cruisers so you know just getting out new styles and i i'm looking at spaces i want to do a retail so because i right now i I just have a, a small area that i work out of but i've outgrew that within the last month Definitely need some more room. Well, yeah, you know, you're six figures now. We could, but but let's let's be smart here. Let's be far, smart here, okay? Mm-hmm. You you your your space is working. You was able to generate six figures of income out of that, okay? You online, mm-hmm. okay? That means you don't have to pay rent anywhere. You don't have to pay an insurance anywhere. You don't have to hire security or hire some extra staff to sell because they may not sell while they're there because online is really amazing. So so. How mm-hmm. can you maximize or how are you trying to maximize your online growth growth through sales and exposure? Um, well, right now, I'm really just getting more content together. Um, we're working on a skate video right now. And then I've got uh, my skate team that I work with, you know, really just uh, filming new material with all the new designs and stuff. Um yeah, just working with them on new content, basically, you know, ramping up this marketing, getting that ready, trying to be more official with my stuff. You know, before I, it was a mostly a mixture of like a user submitted videos and not really like original content. So, you know, definitely coming out with more of my own original stuff with uh, the girls that I work with. Well, I'm talking to uh, Latasha Stone. Um, she's the founder of Proper NAR. That's like NAR Lee, NAR. If you, NAR, that's a great, that's a great 
move on that board or nar you fell off of it you know nar can has universal tones good and bad she's the founder and artist latasha stone now in 2013 in ohio this is the beauty of her her brand she's born and raised in ohio she was educated in ohio she learned how to skateboard in ohio her brand has taken off because Beyonce put on her on that black parade directory for black owned business. She woke up and she realized that she was a social media star. Now, I'm not talking to a one man operation here. Am I talking? Because I, I wonder who else are helping you right now. I know you you got laid off or got your job went away. Who are what is part of your team that's making you successful right now? Um. Well, I honestly. Like, I've got two people that work with me right now, and I just hired them here recently. But um, I got my friend that's helping out with social media, and then um, I got my other friend that's helping out with a customer service, and then we all work on shipping and stuff like that. So, yeah, I definitely got, you know, a pretty solid team behind me. You know, people that also skate that I've known forever that I can actually, like, afford to pay now to work with me. Mm-hmm. So, payment yeah, is key because you know when people when you when you go viral and they they, they know you're making money it's the handshakes mm -hmm. and the high fives go away what is the now you have the underground brand new line of colorful creative and original skateboards that average 55 to 60 dollars each and can be ordered on the company's website along with the artist's own unique artwork prints accessories and apparel what sets a price for a, a good quality skateboard and you are you you because I don't really see you as competing with other brands because I feel I see you as a as a high profile niche brand that can only grow as much as you put into it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, I tr try to set my prices to where people can still afford them, but also you know my designs are different than everybody else's, so I kind of have to take that into consideration right. as well. You know, being a small business. You know, you have these other companies where they can purchase, you know, thousands of units of inventory and get it at, like, a lower price because they're purchasing in such, like, a huge amount. And, um, yeah, so I haven't really been able to do that until here recently. So that's also, like, reflected in my price as well. But um, also, you know, I, I want to get um, different types of people in a skateboarding. I, I like to work with beginners and also like, you know, people from like less privileged areas. Right. And so I also want to keep it affordable for people like that also. Cause you know, if you go to like a, a bigger skate shop, you can spend up to like two to $300 getting your whole setup together. And you know, if you're just starting out, you may not want to spend that much because you know, what if you spend all that and then you, don't like it and you just drop like $300 on this thing that you're not going to use. So I definitely take that into consideration when making my prices. Again, again, Natasha, you've used some language that I have to be educated on. You said the setup. Okay. Mm -hmm. What exactly is the setup? I'm, I'm assuming that's pads on your elbow, pads on your knees, a helmet and a skateboard. What, is, what are you calling a setup? Um, yeah, some people do wear the pads and the helmet and all that, but um, what I was referring to is uh, you have the skate deck, and then you have the trucks, which is what holds the wheels on, and then you have the wheels, you got the bearings, um, your hardware, which is like the screws that holds all that on, and then uh, you have grip tape, which is uh, it's kind of like a sandpapery material that goes on top of the skate deck, and uh, that like helps keep your feet like stuck to it when you're doing your tricks and stuff. Mm. 
Yeah, so uh, you gotta you can either uh, buy it all separately and put it together, or um, I'll, I'll have completes in the shop here next month where you can just pull it out of the box and it's all put together, and you can just hop on it and go. Wow. Now, here's a little note here. The products you created are created with teen girls and young women in mind who love to skate or who are into alternative or subversive fashion, subversive fashions. Well, Mm -hmm. what do you mean when you said teen girls and young women who love to skate? Are your boards smaller or they handle a particular weight? Can teen boys do it? Talk to me about that or just the designs on the skateboards just promote teen girls and young women. It's more so um, the designs that are more aimed towards women. Um, but, yeah, the sizes can be for anybody. Um, if you are a girl or a woman, you they usually order the smaller sizes, so I do tend to stock more of those. But, yeah, it's more like the – when I say that, I mean more towards the, the designs and the style of things that I design. It's aimed towards women in that way. Absolutely, absolutely. And my last question is about uh, your show was uh, – your skateboards was featured on an HBO show? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was featured on Betty. Um, it's this show that just came out in May, and uh, it was on HBO, and it's a show that follows these teenage girls around New York, and, you know, they skateboard, their skate crew, and, uh, you know, it was about skateboarding, but also about the their lives and the things that they're going through right now. So that was in May. So mm-hmm. obviously it shot it before, before May. So... So it, this was almost like destiny. You had to leave your job, your full-time job, to accomplish what was mm-hmm. about to come. In May, the HBO show popped up. In June, you were recognized on black, in the Black Parade Directory of Black-Owned Business by the incredible global phenomenon called Beyonce. And now Black Enterprise featured you. The article got shared, shared, shared. That's how I found out about you. It was through Black Enterprise. And because I'm always oh, looking awesome. For, I was awesome. I'm just telling you that it, it does help. You know, doing my show, somebody going to hear this show or find you. And you have to just keep marketing. You don't turn down a good moment. You know, and I'm going to feature you on my, on my, I have a shopper's, a shopper's own uh, on my moneymakingconversation.com. I'm going to post you in there. I'm going to feature you in my uh, newsletter that goes out to 93,000 followers. All these things things are part of why I put together money making conversations to get brands who are unique, especially young women who are trying to make a difference. I grew up with six sisters. My daughter, I have one child. She's a 23 year old. Uh, she's 23 years old and she's a daughter of mine. And I, I, I represent that, that, that belief that I got to support 100%, you know, black girl mm-hmm. magic, black girl magic. <laughs> yes, yes, and there uh, definitely needs to be more people like you out there. Like I appreciate that so much. Definitely, Black Girl Magic. That's like one of the the foundations of my brand. Also, well, awesome. Let's tell, let's tell us how we can reach you. Give us out your give out your website. Give out your social media information so we can close this out. And you know, show us your marketing tools. Nar. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Um. My website is propernar.com, P-R-O-P-E-R-G-N-A.com. And then um, it's the same on everything. Twitter, propernar, Instagram at propernar, TikTok at propernar. Not much on the TikTok, but um, we're going to be working on that and getting some more content up here soon. So, yeah, definitely keep an eye out. I'm talking to Latasha Stone. Propernar is the only black woman-owned skating board company in the market. She's an artist. She's a talent. She's straight out of the Midwest. Steve Harvey.
straight out of the Midwest. There's a lot of great people come out of the Midwest, my friend. Thank mm-hmm. you. And what city, before we leave, what city in Ohio are you based in? Dayton, Ohio. Dayton, Ohio. That's a great city. I've been there many times when I was doing stand-up comedy. My friend, thank you for coming on Money Making Conversations. And again, I'm going to promote you on my um, Shopper Zone, which is on Money Making Conversation, and I'm going to promote your rant. So they probably reach out to you, get some artwork and some links to make sure we're clicking through to the right things when we post you on our social media platforms and also post you on our newsletter. But much success. And thank you for doing that Black Enterprise article because it allowed me to allowed me to find you. Thank you so much. And thanks so much for sharing and letting me talk and have this platform. I appreciate it. Okay. Thank you for coming on Money Making Conversations. All righty. Bye-bye. We'll be right back with more from Rashawn McDonald and Money Making Conversations. Don't touch that dial. Organ donations save lives, and some organs can even be donated by a living donor. August is National Minority Donor Awareness Month, so let's check in with Dr. Danae Simpson, Assistant Professor of Surgery at Northwestern Medicine. Tell us about the African American Transplant Access Program. So this is my baby. This is a program that I have dreamt about creating since I became interested in transplant as a trainee. And it's a program designed to address the significant disparities that our African-American patients face. The program is designed to educate patients about transplant, let them know what transplant can provide to them, and to help them access the resources that they find so scarce and so challenging to access in order to get them on the transplant path and back to, you know, some type of meaningful life. For more information, visit nm.org radio. I'm your host, Rashawn McDonald. And we're live here outside the Perez family home just waiting for the... And there they go. Almost on time this morning. Mom is coming out the front door strong with a double arm kid carry. Looks like dad has the bags. Daughter is bringing up the rear. But the diaper bag wasn't closed. Diapers and toys are everywhere. Ooh, but mom has just nailed the perfect car seat buckle for the toddler. And now the eldest daughter, who looks to be about nine or ten, has secured herself in the booster seat. Dad zips the bag closed, and they're off. Ah, but looks like mom doesn't realize her coffee cup is still on the roof of the car. And there it goes. Oh, that's a shame. That mug was a fam favorite. Don't sweat the small stuff. Just nail the big stuff. Like making sure your kids are buckled correctly in the right seat for their age and size. Learn more at NHTSA.gov slash the right seat. Visit NHTSA.gov slash the right seat. Brought to you by NHTSA and the Ad Council. Look through your children's eyes to see the true magic of a forest. It's a storybook world for them. You look and see a tree. They see the wrinkled face of a wizard with arms outstretched to the sky. They see treasure in pebbles. They see a windy path that could lead to adventure. And they see you, their fearless guide through this fascinating world. Find a forest near you and start exploring at discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by the United States Forest Service and the Ad Council. What grows in the forest? Trees? Sure. Know what else grows in the forest? Our imagination, our sense of wonder, and our family bonds grow too. Because when we disconnect from this... And connect with this. We reconnect with each other. The forest is closer than you think. Find a forest near you and start exploring at discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by the United States Forest Service and the Ad Council. My next guest is a real estate investor and entrepreneur. He started investing in real estate when he started watching 
uh, YouTube videos, just YouTube videos, you know, self-help videos. You can just turn on people start talking about how you can make money. And now he owns over two million dollars in property. So obviously he learned something from those YouTube videos. So that's that's part of our story that we're going to talk about today. He wants to share his story and he's written a book, an ebook called Interest Free Money Guide. The ebook was written to educate you on business credit. This this book was created to provide a step by step guide on how to effectively utilize business credit. His book will teach you how to access interest free credit on 12 to 15 uh, business card cards. I got a bunch of them. So, hey, I don't have 12 to 15, but I got a lot of credit cards. And we'll also discuss how he got started in the real estate at such a young age. Please welcome to Money Making Conversation straight out of Louisiana by way of Lafayette, Mr. O'Neill Parker. <laughs> how you doing, man? How you doing? Pretty good. Well, you know, you're in that real estate game. And, uh, you know, they said when the pandemic hit, did it, you know, uh, what type of real estate are you in? Commercial real estate? Are you in homes? What type of real estate are you in? Residential houses. Okay. Residential. Okay. With rel- now, how was that? Were you were, were, were you able to show your homes, or how did people did it stop completely, or where are you at right now with residential home sales? Uh, honestly, it, everything uh, went pretty well, so we didn't really get affected by the coronavirus that bad. So all the tenants kept paying. So the thing, what I do is I'm big on rent to own and Section Eight. So, mm-hmm. you know, Section 8 has never missed a payment since it's been open. Mm-hmm. And the thing with rent to own is um, the tenants that live in those properties, they put a, a big down payment and they're committed to buying that house. So basically I become the bank on that property and I'm not really just a landlord. So that's oh. like, you know, you when you buy your house, you don't call uh, Wells Fargo when a toilet goes out. So you just, you know, that's just the bank for you. Okay, cool. So basically, what is so? With that being said, what exactly is your business model that you put in that you have in the real estate game? Because I heard you say Section Eight, and then for, for we get started, I've heard that term a lot in my life. Section Eight. What exactly mm-hmm. is a Section Eight person? Okay, so I'm gonna start with the Section Eight question. Um, Section Eight is basically regular people um, with low income. They use the government to help them out because they're not making enough money. So the government pitches in and pays a portion of the rent or their whole rent. And that's all Section 8 is, just a federal program okay, that so helps uh, low-income people. And when you say low-income people, what are we talking like under $20,000, under fifty annually, or $15,000 annually, $30,000? What is that? What is that considered a low-income number? Uh, first, every market is different. So, you know, Louisiana is pretty poor. So if you make um, like under $20,000, mm-hmm. you can apply for Section 8. But it really just depends. You can make twenty five thousand. Just the people that make twenty, of course, they're gonna pay more of their rent compared to the people that make twenty five thousand a year. So Section Eight pays. Let's just say your rent is eight hundred. They probably pay seven fifty, and the tenant pays fifty. But depending on what your job is and how much money you make, it just depends on how much they're gonna pay. Okay, cool. And now the reason I bring that up and inquire because when you when you talk about you watch television you talk about it you you you're doing business with people they consider to be uh uh, uh slow payers or no payers uh, uh deadbeats or uh, people who are just sponges off of the government that's the negative that you get when people use the word welfare or section 8 people so explain why did you decide to to, to have that part of your business model people on the on the uh, in the section 8 platform uh, you know, what they say about those people is really just, um, it's hearsay. So, you know, you can't get advice from people that's not really in the business. So right. the people that's really in the business, they enjoy Section 8. So with the Section 8 vouchers, 
the thing about Section 8 is the people that has all those headaches are those people and those landlords that accept the first person. So it's the same as if you're renting it to a regular family. You don't just take the first person. You have to do all your due diligence. So right. it's the same with Section 8. So you put your application out there. You put your property out there for rent. And then a lot of people start calling you, texting you, hey, I'm interested in this property. Of course, you're not going to accept the first person. So you got to do your property due diligence, do your background check, you know, check the job, check their credit, um, call their former landlord, things like that. So if you follow those steps, you can usually get get yourself a good tenant. Now, if you get, you know, you get the person that said they got it, that's typically a bad tenant because you're not doing any research on that person. I understand what you're saying here. You're saying, Rashawn, look, they're bad apples <laughs> in any batch. OK, you jump oh, yeah, out there and don't do your like like, you know, like you, you're trying to hire a good employee. You, you the interview the person, thing. you call their references, you, you go on a social media. If they got some crazy pictures on social media, that might not be the person you want to hire. So exactly. same thing with here. So same thing here. You have to do the same thing with these individuals. It's not about a, a, a stigma of them being in Section 8. It's the people out there who are trying to live a better life, trying to step up, trying to get into a better environment for their kids, for their families. And your your situation enables that and it's worked out pretty well for you. And, and you're based yes, in sir. Lafayette, Louisiana, correct? Yes, sir. That's my market. That's your market. Now, are you looking to expand out of that market? Or are you just going to dominate Lafayette, Louisiana? You're going to be the king of Lafayette. That's what you're trying to do? Yeah, I'm trying to take over a little bit. So <laughs> currently my market's are Lafayette, Baton Rouge, right. and New Orleans market. Okay, but cool. my main market is Lafayette market. So if anybody doesn't know what Lafayette, Lafayette is right on I-10 East. And what he just said is you go on, just go straight down I-10 East, heading from Houston, Texas, okay? Just go on down there. You're going to hit Lafayette first. Then you're going to hit the capital. That's Baton Rouge. Then you're going to slide right on in to New Orleans. So he's he's really yeah. going down. The, I call him the, I'm going to call him the gumbo, the gumbo real estate man. That's right, because he's doing the gumbo, bro. <laughs> he's controlling all the gumbo right there, Mr. Parker. And that, that's what I'm trying to do, man. We're good. Well, you know, I was I, I want to talk about uh, you getting started in this business because you there's so many TV shows on, you know, flip that, flip this, buy this. You have people coming to town talking about you can get rich if you listen to their model and how you can get into the real estate game. Now, you yourself, when I was reading your bio, it said you started watching YouTube videos. That's how you got in the real estate game. Correct. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So, um. I started my business back in 2016. It was around November. I closed my first deal. So I started my business. It was $63. So, you know, all the YouTube videos that I watched was like, you can get into real estate with little money or no credit. So, you know, I want to figure it out and see if that's true. So um, I ordered me some blank signs. So, I, you know, the political signs that you say, like, vote for this guy or whatever, those type of signs. But I ordered some blank ones. And I wrote, we buy houses on them. So I put those signs out within three weeks. I made $2,000. And then, um, hold on, hold on, hold on, months, hold on, O'Neill Park. I, I got a couple of houses and because I, I live in both cities and uh, different cities, you know, I always get these, these little cards, people mailing me, calling me, talking about, I buy my house. I, we'll buy your house. We'll yep. buy your house. You know, and I have to ignore them because I'm not selling my house. So you just said you had some signs like those little political signs that you see people stick in the yard and you put we buy houses and then you jump to saying you made two thousand dollars. Now, there were some right. steps that you missed there. We have to say on moneymakingconversation.com. So you put the sign out. Break it down. Huh? You put the sign out. You you put on that neatly wrote. We buy home. We buy homes or we buy houses. What happened after that? 
All right. So basically, I did my marketing. The strategy that I've used to um, do that was called wholesaling, which wholesaling is is you advertising to distressed sellers. So people that's gone through divorce, um, they have too many repairs they can't fix, long grass, coal violations, uh, just a bunch of different things. So I'm marketing to direct directly to uh, distressed sellers. So I put those signs out, marketing, we buy houses, started getting phone calls. Um, it was a father and a son. Their house just got flooded. So I was in the bad movers market at the time. We had a big flood in 2016. <clears throat> so their house was flooded. They had flood insurance, so they got their check. They was just ready to sell the house. So I went to the house, offered them uh, 70000 So the ARV of the house was called after repair value, after all the repairs is done, like a brand new house, was about 230000 So I got under contract at 70000 and then I sold that piece of paper to another investor for 72000 So I made 2000 on that deal. Okay. And, that so- was, and that's called wholesaling real estate. Oh, Okay. Oh, okay. And so that person gets the house, they pay 72000 for it, and they can sell it wherever right. they want to sell it at, right? Yeah, right. So typically, they buy it from me for 72000 They put all the repairs into it. Let's just say they all in at 150 and they sell it for 220 and they make a profit. Now, you got all this from a YouTube video. Yes, sir. A few of them, not just one, a few of them. Okay. Now, what motivated you to go to YouTube? Because you hear all these commercials on TV, you know, buy this or download this or go to a webinar. Would you recommend people going to YouTube to learn about how to get in the real estate business? I would say, uh, me, myself, I'm, I'm cheap. So that's the first step for me. Let's see all the information I can find for free first and to see if I'm really interested in it. Because why pay money if you don't even know if you're interested in that, that type of thing? So right. that's my that's my idea, and you know, and uh, YouTube is like a big university. They have pretty much everything, anything you need. You know, if you need to fix a car, is on there. You want to buy a house or learn to try to buy a house is on there. So I always say that's the first step. Uh, use Google, YouTube, figure out what it is. You know, if you're really interested, then you know, take the next step, pay somebody that's been through it, that's know what to do, and then you go from there. Well, here's the interesting thing about it. Is that first of all, I don't want to. You can say. Because you cheap, that's I say you're smart because of the fact that technology, and I always tell that to my because my predominant audience is African Americans, and sometimes we don't take advantage <laughs> of what technology provides us, you know. Right, and the, right in your face, and then, you know, and the research that's out there for free, as long as you have Wi-Fi, long as you and you can do this on your phone. If you got your cell phone, you can do it on your cell phone. So you can you know you don't have to go right. get a laptop or go get a computer or. And go to a tech store. You can do this on your phone and educate yourself. And these were just YouTube's, and you just went on YouTube and just Google real estate, or what did you do on YouTube that you was able to get you to, to the right videos? So uh, I'm gonna break down the story. So I was 21, built my first house. 21 years 22. old. 21. 21. Nobody, 21. nobody yes, told you to do this. You just decided to do this on your own. Yeah. So. Uh, reason being, I was living in Lafayette at the time and my job was in Baton Rouge and I'm not, a, I don't like to drive. So I wanted to live close to my job. So mm-hmm. I went, um, straight from my parents' house to my own house. So I was just, uh, looking in the area, looking for a house to buy. Couldn't really find anything. And I seen a house that they just poured a slab. So I got with a developer. We got together, we finished the house and then that's how I did that. And I purchased that house with an FHA loan, which is three and a half percent down. And then... A year after that, I was just on YouTube again, searching how to make more money. And then uh, real estate kept popping up and then wholesale popped up and then I took off from there. 
and that's how that happened. You just took off from there, and now you have over two million dollars yeah. in real estate property. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And you started. You 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 know you're leaving out so many parts here because you talk. You're a fast talker too. I could tell that too. You 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 talk quick now, and so I'm gonna slow you down because I'm a Texas boy. I like for people to talk slow to me, especially when you're talking about money. That's when you're talking about money. What you can't do is say, well, you know, I went from a seventy to seventy two, and now I got two million dollars. Excuse me, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me. You know, you can't do me like that. You can't do you can't do my listeners like that because there had to be some. Some like some slow down moments. So, oh no, wow, that wasn't a good move there. Wow, because you, you, am I not? Or everything has been a, a, a solid oh, yeah, path yeah, yeah, to yeah. success. Nah, you know, it's a lot more to it. All this really starts from the beginning, which is with your mindset. You know, if your mindset is not right, you can't do none of this stuff I'm talking about. Right. So that's the first step. Right. So what I had to do was I had to focus on what I want to do. Realize, you know, what I want to do with my family. Well, realize what I want to do myself and just cool off for a little bit. So right. for like two years, I stayed locked in read books, podcasts. Uh, I'm not really a clever type of person, so I wasn't really going out or anything. Right. Uh, wasn't really talking to friends. I was just focused on what I had to do, and uh, that's how it really. That's how everything happened. How it took off. Well, so a lot of people don't realize that they have to sacrifice a lot of things to get what you really want, and a lot of people are not ready for that. That's what I want to talk about because everybody wants that uh that Ferrari. Everybody wants that diamond ring. Everybody wants that fat bank account. Mm -hmm. But there are sacrifices that you have to make. And when you make those sacrifices, exactly. there has to be a goal in mind as to why you're making those sacrifices. And that's what we're talking exactly. about because you started, you made that, that conscious decision at 21. And we all know 21 mindset is to, you know, to be out clubbing, partying, hanging. And you decided, no, this is a... Uh, this is a, a, a opportunity to better my life. But you now, are you are you working a full time job now, or, or is real estate all you do? Yeah, I still have my full time job as well. But the thing about my job is pretty easy, laid back. I work four days a week, work like maybe two hours a day. So while I'm at that job, I'm still working real estate as well. That's another thing I want to talk about. Uh, a lot of people don't like their jobs or like what they do, but they're not really maximizing all the time that they do have to get out of the job that they they don't want to have. So you can't really be at your job complaining all day and not really doing nothing about it after you get off of work or doing your lunch break. And um, that's how I started. So while I was at work, wasn't doing anything. So I got on my computer and got to work and just started calling people, making deals happen. And then that's how it all happened for me. And then after work, I'll go to sleep at like 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock, wake up at 3, 4, 5 in the morning, just do the same thing over and over again. And that's the things I was telling you about. How a lot of people not really sacrifice all that time to learn and develop and put uh, time and work into their business. They rather, um, after work, go hang out at a bar, go play softball, play the video games and things like that. And that's hindering your growth if you're not really all in on what you're trying to do. You're listening to Money Making Conversations with Rashawn McDonald. We'll be right back. Cars today are like a computer on wheels, but you can't fix any of these new features yourself. So when something breaks, it could cost you a fortune. And now is not the time for expensive repairs. That's why you need CarShield. CarShield has affordable protection plans that can save you thousands for a cover repair, including computers, GPS, electronics, and more. CarShield understands payment flexibility is a must. Plans are customizable and as low as $99 a month. No long-term 
contract or commitment. Plus, you get to pick your favorite mechanic or dealership to do the work, and CarShield takes care of the rest. They also offer complimentary 24-7 roadside assistance and a rental car while yours is being fixed. CarShield is America's number one auto protection company. For as low as $99 a month, you can protect yourself from surprises and save thousands. Call 1-800-CAR-6000 and mention code MONEY, M-O-N-E-Y, or visit carshield.com and use code MONEY, M-O-N-E-Y, to save 10%. That's carshield.com, code MONEY. A deductible may apply. Welcome back to Money Making Conversations. I'm your host, Rashawn McDonald. Well, wow. And that's all I, that's all I tell people money making conversation is there's a technique to success. And your technique mm-hmm. is saying, look, I, I can, I can paint you an easy story and tell you that, uh, you know, that you can do this too, but this is not cut out for everybody. This is, this nah. is, and that's why you said yourself, you wasn't really cut out for this, so to speak. That's why you said, Rashawn, on the real, I went this direction because I didn't want to spend any money. That's why I went to YouTube, which was really smart because YouTube, like you said, you can you want to learn how to fix your car. You want to learn how to make a cake. You want to learn how to, how to make a rocket. You want to learn how to be a, a marathon runner. You can go to YouTube. It's on there. Just type it in. Just type in search. And a lot of options right. will pop up. And so that's what you did. And so now with that being said, what also I like the fact was that I always tell people that if you have a full-time job, to follow your dreams, that doesn't mean necessarily you should quit your full-time job. And in fact, mm-hmm. you should you should try to marry the two and try to realize, I have a statement I say all the time, Mr. Parker, is this. If you have 24 hours in the day, learn to take advantage of every hour. And that's what you did. You said, look, I got a nine to five. I get up at three, I get up at four. On my lunch break, I call somebody. As soon as I get off work, I call somebody. Now, has, has that led to any complications? Because I know you said your job is unique. It allows you to do that. But what if somebody was a banker, a bank, t- working at a bank or, or working at a, a typical nine to five that tells you that you have to come to work, you have to do things nine to five? Can they still accomplish what you're trying to make happen, O'Neal? Of course. So let's just say you said nine to five. So what are you doing between seven, eight, thirty? You got things. You might have to wake up a little early, stay up a little later. So you can do a lot of things. It's just how committed are you to doing what you want to do? No. So there's always, of course, you'd be working nine to five. You at least get out lunch break. So you know, go sit in your car. Don't really tell. Go. Don't tell everybody what you're doing because, of course, they're gonna they're gonna go around the office and then that might be a problem. Right. So you got to post it in, lock in, and then do what you got to do. Now, with that being said, you've written a book. It's an e-book. I mentioned it in my opening introduction to you. It's called Interest-Free Money Guide. What exactly is that book about and why did you write it? So that book is really about business credit and teaching our community, the black community, about um, utilizing and leveraging their credit scores. Because many people have good credit and don't know what to do with it or they have good credit, don't own anything. So basically, this book is teaching you how to leverage your credit scores to get interest-free money from the banks to invest in yourself, your business, or um, some type of thing, some type of investment to make you more money by leveraging the bank's money, which is called OPM. Also, refer- reference to other people's money because a lot of I'm sure a lot of people hear other people's money, but they really don't understand what it is. Other people's money is everybody else's money, other than your own. So, me myself, I teach people how to leverage the bank's money. You can get big lines of credit, fifty to you know two hundred fifty thousand dollars per LLC, and it could be a brand new LLC. And a lot of people in our community have no knowledge of that, so it was my goal to write the ebook to teach people about that. 
because, like I said earlier, a lot of people don't know about it, and we need to start taking advantage of it because the other communities have been doing that for a while. And that's why we're behind, because we don't know any better. Now, how do we get there? Now, you're on my show, Money Making Conversation. Or, like mm-hmm. I said, I have a newsletter. If you don't mind, I'd like to drop this information about you. My newsletter goes out to 90,000 people. And what All would right. you what would you say is, you know, if I had to write copy about you and drop it in the newsletter, what would you say would be like three sentences I should include in the copy about you in regards to what you're trying to do with your book? Okay, so I'll say um, the reason you need this book is because it's giving you access to thousands of dollars that you can use to make more money for you, your family, and your kids and generations to come. And that's all it is, basically. And how did you find out about it? Just, just to, you know, you, first of all, first, let, let's slow back with your, because you, what are you, 25 now? Am I wrong in that age? 24? 26, 26. 26, 26 years old. 21 years of age. You was trying to find out who you were, all right? Because you went on YouTube and you found these real estate videos. You looked at them. You said, I can do something. Went, got your home in Baton Rouge and did a wholesale deal, made $2,000. This is in 2016. Now we're in 2020 in the middle of a pandemic. You have $2 million of valued property out there. You have good renters. Uh, some of them are Section 8 people. They're loyal. You do your research. You you have created, you have a personality that have said that I don't want to be a nine to five, but you're still holding on to your nine to five. How mm-hmm. does how can one say or how did you figure this out, O'Neill? I got you, I got you. So it's really uh I'm a long term thinker, long term planner. So I know my job uses me, so I do everything I can to use them. So you gotta realize that banks like people that have uh two weeks checks, which is considered a guaranteed check. Mm-hmm. Uh, banks don't really like entrepreneurs because they don't know where the next check is coming from. Right. The next check is not really guaranteed. So right. I know um, I wanted to buy rentals, build up my passive income to, of course, replace my job, maybe even double my job income. So when I do quit, I have those two-year tax returns with my business, and I have my assets to pay for everything that I'm trying to do. So that's the reason why I kept my job. I still have my job because it's a lot easier to get funding from banks and private lenders, hard money lenders, and things of that nature. So it's all about uh, long-term thinking and planning for the future, not just for now. So I see what uh, you're saying. You said, Rishon, as an entrepreneur, like you said, people don't know. There's no guarantee because you are what they say, an entrepreneur. But because you have a full-time job, they see a Mm -hmm. steady check, a guaranteed check, and means that could be a guaranteed commitment to making that monthly payment. Exactly. You got to look good to the banks. You got to look Look exactly how the, the people that's lending you the money want you to look to get the money that they're trying to lend. Wow. So I figured that out and I just kept my job. So I could have quit my job. So going back to the beginning of my story, I started the business $63, made 2000 in three weeks, and I made 50000 in four months. So at that time, I was making like 60, 60, 65000 a year, but net, that's really like forty to 45000 a year. So I made more of my part time job than my full time job. Right. And most people just walk away because people don't think about the long-term game. They right. think about right now. Right. What What is the downside of being an entrepreneur, if there is a downside to being an entrepreneur? Because like you said, now I'm sure, do you do you get health benefits with your full-time job? Yes, sir. Okay, yes, good. Sir. So you got health benefits you don't have to worry about. You know that check is going to be coming to you on a regular basis. You know it is like a clock. What are the downsides of being an entrepreneur? compared to a, a person a person who's living both lifestyles right now. 
O'Neill. You're a full-time employer and you're basically a full-time entrepreneur. So you get to tell me exactly the benefits of being a full-time person and the benefits of being a full-time entrepreneur. Because you clearly have figured out that 12 hours I'm giving this and 12 hours to give this and I'm going to sleep somewhere in between. <laughs> yeah. So the benefits of both is, uh, of course, what I said earlier with the funding and everything, with the job, uh, insurance, you can also leverage your 401k. So I do that as well. Um, so going towards the 401k is like your job is giving you whatever they match, 6%, you put in the same. So now you're billing uh, a savings account or something like that with the company. Right. So what I did uh, maybe like a month ago, I took half of it out. So right now with the coronavirus, you can either, depending on your company, you could take all your 401k out, not have a penalty. But I only took half out, which is a loan to myself put that in real estate, make more money with it. And then I'm really just paying myself back with interest. So you can leverage your job that way. Um, the other benefits of being an entrepreneur is I don't really need the job, so I don't have to work overtime if I don't want to. I just work my 40 hours and I'm gone. So I'm not really uh, tied down to having to go over there. So that's another benefit of it. Uh, and also just um, building my freedom. Leveraging my job to make me more money, right. change my, um, you know, change my lifestyle. So that's a huge benefit. Leverage them while they're leveraging me. Absolutely. So we're in a partnership right now. That's Absolutely. what we're doing. Absolutely. And so being an entrepreneur, you have to be self-motivating, I'm sure. Oh, um, yeah, of course. And uh, do you work with any other uh, people in achieving your success story right now? And from an entrepreneurship, or entrepreneurial side of the table. Yeah, so, you know, I have accountability partners, have friends, a lot of friends out there. Uh, just started another business in January with my business partner, Mr. Tyron. So we have, we hold each other accountable. Of course, we both have to play our part to make the business succeed. So that's a big part of, uh, the growth. And, uh, we started another wholesaling business. So I stopped within those four months that we talked about earlier. Right. And we started one again in January. Reason we started this business because we're both looking at the future. We want to, uh, build generational wealth, buy more properties. So we start another wholesaling business, keep our pipeline full so we can pick out the best properties to, you know, either flip or rent out for that long-term wealth. Wow. In your book, you know, the book that he's written, it's an e-book that you can get. Uh, it's called Interest-Free Money Guide. You're saying that in this book, you can teach us how to access interest-free credit on 12 to 15 business credit cards. Talk to us about that. Mm-hmm. All right. So, the thing about the business credit is you don't need much to uh, get it. So you just need an LLC, an EIN, uh, 700 credit score. Sometimes it can be 680. So we just would tell them 700. Less than like five hardened cards in the last six to 12 months. And then you're really good to go. And one one, one personal credit card, 5000 or more. So if you meet all those requirements, you can get 50, again, 50 to 250000 per LLC interest-free, 12 to 15 months for the same as cash. If you don't know how to make money off of $50,000 interest-free money, this uh, this really isn't for you. So I don't recommend it for everybody. I recommend it for people that's responsible and has a plan uh, to buy assets or invest the money in something else that's got to make them more money. You know, if you want to get this to buy a car or something like that, it's not the book for you. So, you know, if you have a 700 credit score, you have a plan, you just don't have the funding, it's definitely something you need to get. Wow. 
We're talking to O'Neill Parker. Uh, he's based in Lafayette, Louisiana. Uh, got that little gumbo run. He's he's doing real estate from Lafayette, Baton Rouge to New Orleans. Um, he has an, an exciting book um, that is an ebook. Uh, it's called Interest Free Money Guide. It's an ebook. It was written to educate you on business credit. And that's what we're talking about on the call today on Money Making Conversations. Um, so are you comfortable with me putting your, your ebook link into my uh, newsletter that goes out to 90,000 people on Wednesday? Yeah, of course, of course. And I can also send you the link so they can, so they can buy it. Mm-hmm. And uh, if anybody else is on here, if you have any questions or anything, you can follow me on Instagram, mm-hmm. O'Neill, O-N-E-I-L-J, Parker. And then if you got any questions, you can shoot me a message. Yeah, you could definitely put on there. Oh, definitely. Well, I'm, 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 I'm telling you something, O'Neill. I, I wasn't trying to give away your book. Now he said, uh, "I give the link on, uh, so you can, uh, you know, they can buy it." I'm trying to sell you. I mean, you're a yeah. money making guy. I, I, this ain't free money making conversation dot com. This money making conversation dot com. And I'm just yeah. realizing that, you know, you know, I, I'm holding you, of course, and I'm always uh, interested in hearing different plans of success. And of course, I started at 21. I didn't have the technology that you have today. And you seem to be wise enough to understand that use the technology because it's free and it's available. And it can it also can expand your education because your education in the world of real estate was self-taught. Correct. Yes, sir. Of course. Well, my friend, I want to thank you for coming on my show, man. It's a great conversation. Uh, again, uh, we will. My, my staff is going to reach out to you and get those links and get some more uh, photos and some, some 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 more information so we can put it in this week's newsletter. I want to thank you for coming on Money Making Conversation, O'Neill Parker. Hey, man, I appreciate you for inviting me, man. And, and I appreciate uh, God because God wouldn't be here. Absolutely. And I know you're saying you're starting your business in September and January again, right? A new business in January time frame, right? We started in January 2020 this year. So we're eight months in. Okay, great, great, great. Well, I tell you what, what we're going to do on your anniversary, we're going to bring you back on in January so we can talk about how that first year went, went through the pandemic, coming out of the pandemic, and we'll talk about how you're looking in January for 2021. Is that hey, all right? I'm ready for that. As long as the fans want it, I'm here for it, man. I appreciate you, my friend. Thank you for calling my show. If you want to hear more Money Making Conversation interviews, please go to moneymakingconversation.com. I'm Rashawn McDonald. I'm your host. In this season of giving, Kohl's has gifts for all your loved ones. For those who like to keep it cozy, find fleeces, sweaters, loungewear, blankets, and throws. Or support minority-owned or founded brands by giving gifts from Human Nation and Shea Moisture. And in the spirit of giving, Kohl's Cares is donating $8 million to local nonprofits nationwide. Give with all your heart this season with great gifts from Kohl's or Kohl's.com. Still living in 2021 and manually taking notes? There is a better way. Start the new year with otter.ai. Automatically get meeting notes. Otter.ai works for virtual meetings like Zoom, Microsoft Teams, and Google Meet. Sign up on the web for free or download in the app stores. Otter.ai. That's O-T-T-E-R dot A-I. Sticky notes. Email alerts. A string around your finger. They're just not big enough. So here's a big reminder from the California Lottery. Tomorrow's Mega Millions jackpot is over $300 million. Play now. Please play responsibly. Must be 18 years or older to purchase player finance.